Hey guys, welcome to the Nightmare Realm where everything sucks and everything's on fire. <laughs> Thanks to the Chaos Lord, my name's Ryan Eliopoulos. I'm your very strong Greek god. I am Greek, by the way, and I'm joined by my favorite super gods who are here to help me uh, beat the COVID virus by not hanging out together. That's why we're doing this. I'm joined with Sparks Witty, who unfortunately lives with me, so he's stuck with me. Sorry, bro. I got Brandon T. McClure on that corner over there. There you go. Hey. <laughs> and then I got Ben Magnet over here. What's up, guys? How's it going, buddy? Hey, everybody. Hey, it's going. This is our fourth time doing this. Oh, God, four yep. weeks. And uh, fun fact, uh, I was joking about how uh, I was forgetting days of the week. On Thursday, I thought it was Wednesday for half the day. And then I was like, oh, shit, it, it happened. It finally happened. And I did was you mad see at my, myself. Did you see my tweet? Oh, I thought you were joking about that one, too. No, I legitimately was just like, everyone keeps saying today's Friday. I don't know why. Yeah, it's... Because uh, it was Friday. A month, a month in, and I'm finally going crazy. Yep, we all are. Uh, yeah. But our stay-at-home order is, is extended till May 15th. Hooray, it's probably going to go further. Spoiler yep. alert. Um, I, I got some announcements to go before we start. Oh my god, you're pregnant. I am. Uh, oh my god. That's, it finally happened, guys. Oh my I god. It's happening, before it's happening now, that's so fast. <laughs> <It's like laughs> no, no, no. Um, real quick, the show, show, show announcements. Um, we are, we're still, you know, my girlfriend's still selling masks, you guys. They're selling hot, hot cakes. Uh, so I have her information in the description below uh, if you guys want to check those out. Someone already from the show went and bought some masks from her. Oh. So thank you so much to whoever that was. Uh, I forgot your Thanks, name. Random friend, I love you. Um, and, uh, and so you guys should definitely go over there. Um, we may have some surprises in store in a month. I have to say it's in a month because it's going to be a while. Involving masks? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. You saw the text. Did, Did you I? see the text? I don't know. Thanks. I, I ignore lots of things. Do you read your text? Not really. Oh, he'll, he'll, he's whispering it now. Oh, no. I definitely know what it is now. Okay. There you go. <laughs> it's just my naked um, body like this. <laughs> he is. Hi, Justa Rican. Hey, Justa Rican. Hey, thanks for stopping by. Um, and we also, I'm debuting a new shirt this week. It's our bread and butter shirt. It oh is my our, gosh, um, I love both those things. We, are, we, you know, our famous segment, Bread and Butter. Uh, it's our news segment. Uh, Zara made a cute little, made a cute little design, and I'm putting it on a shirt, so you can find that on Tee Public. That'll go up this week. Uh, it's a cute little, cute little, to- breaded, to- breaded butter dude, and he's with a, a cute little goober. We got to oh. figure out a way to have an image on here, but I don't think you can do that with the free version of Stream. Not the free Not version, the free but you version. could. I mean, we could. If I knew, I could have probably figured it out, but I decided not to. It's okay. We got a new shirt. Can't wait to see it. Yeah. So I'll post it on the Instagram when that's up. Um, so that's exciting. Other than that, uh, I guess since I'm already going, I might as well just say what my week was. Go for it. Um, I actually did a lot this week. Thank goodness. Uh, I didn't feel like a waste of space. That's good. <laughs> um, I caught up on a ton of comics. Um, it's I, always uh, good. My comic book stack was, um, is was was pretty high, and I kind of put like the series that I'm I'm most behind up top, and it goes in descending order. So if I'm like five issues behind, it's up here, and then four, three, two, and then like I keep going down until I'm finally all caught up. Uh, the goal is to always be one behind. That's a good method. Well, I mean, the goal is to be none behind, but you know. <laughs> um, so because there are no comic books coming out, it's been a lot easier for me to for me to. Um, to read so i caught up on thor 
uh, Donny Cates's and Nick Klein's Thor mm-hmm. run yeah, four yeah, issues yeah. in. That's really cool. I like it a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole stuff with like the Black Winter and Galactus and uh, Donny Cates, as we as you all know, we're big fans of on the show. So I was really excited to 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 read that. Speaking of, I also caught up on his Guardians of the Galaxy run. I was only one issue behind, mm-hmm. um, but that ended really strongly. Yeah, yeah, that uh, the reminiscence about the whole series yeah. and everything like that's some strong couple pages. Yeah, because yeah. um, it it ends and and Rocket's like, "What I missed this past year," and it's just splash pages of the of the miniseries done by the artist who did that miniseries with Donny Cates. Uh, so you got like Trad Moore did a Silver Surfer Black splash. Jeff Shaw did a uh, Thanos Wind splash. It's awesome. It's su- such cool stuff. Like Donny Cates' cosmic stuff was truly some some really cool stuff. Um, and then I caught up on Al Ewing's Guardians of the Galaxy, the three issues there. That's yeah, a lot of fun. Yeah, Greek mythology. It actually ties into what we're doing this week too. It's funny. Yeah, I uh, I had a lot of fun with that one. I can't wait for it to keep going. I know like uh, Al Ewing's cosmic stuff is, is was really cool when he did with Ultimates. I'm hoping to see some more of that vibe. And I haven't seen it yet, but it's still solid. It's um, very early still too. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then I caught up on, I read the three issues of Batman Last Night on Earth. Ooh. Um, which is the, oh, yeah. the Black Label, Scott Snyder, Greg Capullo, uh, three issues. Uh, I wish it was longer. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't go, uh, it, it's good. And Jesus, like, God, Greg Capullo is awesome with some of his art. And it, this one, more than all of Scott Snyder's previous Batman work, I feel like Greg Capullo kind of really drove this one. Yeah. Um, he was able to go even crazier than what he did with death metal. Um, and it's, it, it's good stuff, but it's so steeped in Scott Snyder's Batman mythology that I would have liked to have seen more of it, a little bit more fleshed out because it does like, Oh, you read Batman. Then this is, you remember where this is going, where this is coming yeah, from, it's right? The next, it's the next step. Yeah. Yeah. I just kind of wish there was more to it. There was more fleshing out of the world and kind of more, um, Kind of a more more history of how we got from Batman to here. Mm-hmm. There really isn't that. It's just kind of like this is a world, and okay, there you go. I read the first one and I liked it a lot, but um, just because there are so many books coming out and it is an oversized, like more expensive yeah. book, uh, I just I didn't read anymore. But um, I liked what I read. I mean, it's like a, it's got a cool premise. And, like, doesn't like he wake up? He's just like he wakes up and it's just like years later. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. Kind of. Okay. Um, there's there's a, a twist that is deep within his uh, within the Endgame arc that uh, not the Endgame arc but the um, what was the one that he did with when 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 Gordon was in the robot super heavy super heavy yeah um, Mr Bloom yeah it's steeped in that run there's oh, a okay. there's I a like there's oh, an that's... element uh, there's an element that ties into the Batman Future's End issue. And that super bloom, super heavy, yeah. super heavy uh, arc that really influences this run. It's good. I just kind of wish it was, there was more of it. Um, I would have liked to have been able to play in that world a bit longer. Um, and then I caught up on all of Black Hammer. I was mm-hmm. a couple issues oh, behind really? on that. I it was two issues behind on Black Hammer Forty Five, which was the first Black Hammer book not written by Jeff Lemire. It's written by Jeff uh, by Matt Kint. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a good. That's a good one. It's basically like the world of Black Hammer, but set in 1945, and they're fighting Nazis and Russians, and there's an equivalent of the Red Barrow, but he's like a, a 
a German white ghost uh, airplane guy. Um, it's it's you mean fun. The Red Baron? Huh? You mean the Red Baron? Yeah, but it's instead of the Red Baron, it's he's Nazi and white. Oh, okay. And white. Like he's a he's like a pale ghost like oh, airplane. I, you, I could swear I heard you say Red Barrow. I'm like, who the hell is the Red Barrow? I might have. I meant Red Baron though. Okay. I knew what you meant. I think that's yeah. yeah. Um, so that was good. And then I read, uh, I finished the last two issues of Justice League Black Hammer, um, which was a lot of fun to read. Like, it's so cool to see these characters that I've really grown to love, the Black Hammer characters, um, and kind of like their entire history is just tragedy. Like their whole arc is built on this tragedy of needing to stay on this farm and, to have like Mr. Mixispitalik, Mr. Mixispitalik, yeah, there you go. Um, be like, okay, I can, I can save the world, but the Black Hammer crew, they got to go back to the farm, but they, but they have to want to go back. And like the whole arc is like they don't want to be there, especially Golden Gale. They're trying to, that's the whole point of the comic is I'm trying to leave. <laughs> yeah, especially Golden Gale, who is finally been able to become an old lady again. Oh, that's uh, thanks to Zatanna. Um, but her magic is not the same as the magic, so the Spectre get, gets involved. and it, It's kind of weird, and Barbalian and Martian Manhunter have this problem. Like Martian Manhunter is like, I'm from Mars, and Barbalian is like, Martians aren't green. Because oh, Barbalian is a, is a Martian in the Black Hammer universe, and they're all red. Uh, but that was a fun book, and then I caught up on... And then I've, There were three issues right now of the new uh, comic Skulldigger. Skulldigger mm-hmm. and Skeleton Boy. That's basically Batman meets Punisher. Um, but for Black Hammer Universe, and that's that's a really solid one. I really enjoy it. I wish that comics were coming out again because now there's no next issue to read. Yeah, um, I, I caught up on a lot of books like a while ago because I just I'm, I keep up my books more frequently because I that's yeah. you know I'm a comics dude. Um, yeah. uh, and like the last month, I've just been like, man, nothing. There's nothing to read that's not a Marvel <laughs> limited. Although I although I did have this moment, I was like, man, I miss I miss new comics. And then I looked at my stack, I was like, I, I mean, I could. <laughs> I yeah. could just read the stack of comics that I have right now. And you did. Um, and then I, I finished, uh, with my girlfriend, we finished Star Trek Deep Space Nine. It's been two years coming. Uh, this is by far the best Star Trek show. Holy crap. It's incredible. It holds up really well in today's environment, more so than I think any other Star Trek show. You never, you don't need to have the, you don't need to have like the whole, uh, well, this is from the 80s or this is from the whatever. It's like, no, DS9 is is solid science fiction that you could watch now. And it feel, would feel like it's a completely new show, a completely fresh show that you've never seen before. Um, and I, I deeply, deeply loved it a lot more than I, that I did the first time I watched it. Um, Cause I, I don't know if I mentioned it on the show, but I've been trying to go through this whole thing of watching all, at least one, at least once through the entire Star Trek series. I've watched a lot of episodes, a lot of times but I've never seen every episode. So I did that. I went through Enterprise, the original series, Next Generation, now DS9, and now I'm going through Voyager. But DS9 really blew me away. So I watched the documentary that was based on it called What We Left Behind that Iris Stephen Bear did. And here's my cat. Aww, Oreo. And Iris Stephen Bear is the showrunner of that of that series, and he talks about how like the hurdles he had to jump through to try to get... DS9 as good as it was and and how the pushback of like the Dominion War which ends up being three seasons initially the 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 powers that be at Star Trek were like no 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 three episodes 
You can't do story arcs. You can't do season-long story arcs for Star Trek. It's got to be episodic. And they really pushed to be like... Basically, Iris Stephen Bear lied to the producers of the show and the, and the studio to be like, yeah, we're done with the Dominion. Except one episode. We're going to do one episode to bring them back. It's okay, though. And so so they kept like trying to jump through all those hoops to try to get all these characters and talking about like all the, all the times that they had to fight to keep a character on board. Um... The stuff with Worf when Worf came on board the show, uh, because he because the studio was like, "Hey, DS9 is not doing great in the ratings. We just destroyed the Enterprise in the in the first next gen movie. Why don't you bring this character over to DS9 and do something with him?" And he became one of the best characters from that show. Um, that's a really really good show. I highly recommend it. it. And even if you're not a Star Trek fan, like that's the show to watch. You don't need Star Trek knowledge. You just need to like science fiction. Uh, I watched I like, the first season when I was a teenager. It was it was good. Yeah, I like I, I think that show really holds up. And like all Star Trek shows, look, it just keeps getting better. The first two seasons of Next Generation are shit, legit shit. I uh, won't go that far. They're pretty bad. I would just say half of them are just like real boring. <laughs> they have I say, so it's just a lot of boring dialogue by people you don't get. Yeah. But DS9, like, yeah, the first season is not as strong as the others. Very, very few are, but it does keep getting better. And Benjamin Sisko is one of the most interesting uh, characters on, in, in Star Trek. And, and all those characters grow and are able to evolve and create um, and, and develop in a way that episodic television doesn't allow. And it's really nice that they were able to serialize DS9 in a way that they did. It uh, really paved the way for a lot of modern for a lot of modern television at the time, like X Files, um, that it doesn't get the credit that I think it deserves. But if you want to watch more of DS Nine, but don't really want to watch all seven seasons, the documentary is really accessible and a lot of fun. And I recommend the documentary. It's called What We Left Behind, um, and they they talk about what they would do if they came back for an eighth season of DS Nine now. And holy crap. Alex Kurtzman really messed up bringing back Picard. And I like Star Trek Picard, but I don't think there's nearly as much to tell with this character as there is for the characters of DS9. You can bring back the characters of DS9 today, and it's got to be the showrunners. It's got to be Iris Stephen Bear, Ron Moore, coming back to tell their story, and it would be just as good. It would be just as good, and probably better than than Discovery and Picard combined. I think that era's gone, my friend. I think so too, but Ron Moore needs to write Star Trek again. That's for sure. Um, but I watched Tiger King. Was the last thing I did the the big yeah, thing I did probably. I watched yeah, all did. seven episodes of Tiger King on Netflix. There's an eighth episode coming soon, you guys. Actually, it's out today. Today, out actually. After Westworld. And uh, oh boy. <clears throat> yeah, we weren't kidding. That's that's quite the story. That is ooh bonkers with a capital B. Like every every time, like people are talking, like every time people say anything, I'm just like, so you're in a cult. You're in a yeah. you're 100. This is a they cult. Don't call it that though. Everything like fucking Jesus, like it was. It's hard to articulate any words to describe kind of how weird that story is, and. uh I know they're trying to make a, a, a narrative, trying to make a show out of it with Kate McKinnon. 
the rock so funny enough i told uh my roommates this after after we watched the show but the rock like stayed up till like three in the morning watching all of it and then he immediately called his agent saying i want to buy the rights to it and then he said it's too late somebody already bought the rights to it (laughs) so we could have had something with the rock involved but we don't anymore i think i might have preferred that i think kate mckinnon's doing like a carol baskin's show oh is she i I think that's what i heard i don't know for sure don't take this yeah yeah yeah. but that's what that's what I, i remember hearing um be interesting it's hard I, to. The, the, the thing with that show is like it, the base of it is like is 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 the mistreatment of animals. Yeah. And the further along we keep talking about it, like hopefully it helps the animals, but it's still kind of just like we're using these animals because it's entertaining because the people around them is so entertaining. Mm-hmm. And after a while, I'm just like, no, yeah, let's just deal with conservation instead of the, these assholes. Yeah. Well, definitely... I think a lot of people are are taking the wrong lessons of Tiger King to heart. They're talking like. I know people are looking at Joe Exotic as like a gay icon right now. The wrong people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, they it's, should it's not be looking at Joe Exotic like that at all. It's definitely something where I value the way that it ends with the guy who was running Joe's campaign. And he talks about like how we need to address the issue of the Tigers. He's like, we got so far away from it. Yeah. And I'm glad that they put that into the documentary, but it definitely needs to be. And, you know, we're, we're all stuck inside, and so we're living in the hype train of, like, how crazy are these people? Yeah. And that's what it is, but um, I definitely am in the camp of, like, every time they're talking about doing, like, a Hollywood adaptation, I'm like, it's fun to think about, like, what actors would play these roles, but I don't actually want to see that product. I also don't think I it don't could either. be as, as, like, real or good as that show, because it's, it's you, they show you everything. It's the, insane. The whole point of why Tiger King is such a sensation is because it is real, yeah. and it's hard to believe it's real. And yeah. once it becomes a Hollywood thing, it's like, I don't And then at this care. point, they'll probably, honestly, they'll, like, dramatize it even more and make it even oh, more, yeah. like, action-packed or something, and then, like, loses what made the thing so special. It's about, it's just about crazy people. <laughs> I agree. Kind of. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't think that I think the intent to make a like a Hollywood version of it is just mistaken. And I understand like the 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 interest in it because you wanna you wanna kinda like run this hype train of this really popular docuseries. But to do that, you do take away the idea that like this was a real story that actually yeah. happened. And the documentary, the docuseries is surprisingly candid for the fact that there's every everyone's just giving them their story and they're able to 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 almost kind of trick them into telling things that they would normally wouldn't have told well that's the whole thing is like right now uh the the doc antler is trying to say oh no that's bull crap like they they twisted everything and it's like dude they just showed things you i've watched i've watched a bunch of interviews he like the entire cast has been on like the david spade show and like other shows talking about it because like they're all like famous for 15 minutes right so like yeah yeah, Doc has been on so many interviews talking about like half that's bullshit but I'm the best I'm a great guy they never found anything about me euthanizing animals and he 100% runs a cult oh that's yeah those poor ladies (laughs) I know seriously even in the docuseries that one lady who who worked from him but then got out she was like it's a cult Yeah. yeah Like the second someone's, uh, isn't the phrase that if someone comes up to you and says it's a cult and you have to defend yourself saying it's not a cult, it really is a cult. But what made yeah. him really scary, what made Doc, Doc Antler really scary was that he, like when the interviewer tried to kind of like lead him into a, into a question to, to like reveal something, he knew exactly what he was doing. So it made him incredibly intelligent to mm-hmm. be like, no, 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 I see what you're doing. You're not going to let me, I'm not going to do that. That's like my, one of my favorite bits throughout the docuseries is them constantly showing him before he thinks they're going to cut in the recording of him setting it up. Yeah. 
I yeah. love that shit. I live like that shit. He's a better director than I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. That was a, it's a, it's wild. Just, and maybe oh, Carol Baskins killed her husband. I, I, oh, definitely. A hundred percent. Sardine oil. Uh, <laughs> sardine oil. No. Um, it's hey, funny. all you cool cats and kittens. <laughs> no, I have a lot of, I have a lot of school stuff uh, that uh, has still had to happen, especially this week, but we got together for, I'm in a critical studies of television class. So we just spent like 30 minutes talking about Tiger King. Hell yeah. And um, <laughs> I can't wait to see the essays that are going to come out about uh, the psychological impact of like creating a documentary that makes somehow you root for Joe who is a person who was trying to get Carol Baskin killed. Yes. <laughs> and you hate Carol Baskin. And it's like, I, I do too. Like I really dislike Carol Baskin. And I know that on some level what it is, is I'm mad that she's still getting away with crap because Joe's in jail. Yeah. Yeah. But it's crazy how you end up like kind of championing one over the other. Yeah, uh, that's true. It, it's really bizarre, even though the facts like really clearly point you in a direction of like, yeah, but it's, Joe did really bad shit, guys. It's it's not, and this is so popular, not just because it's so crazy, but it's a really well made show. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. They are able to do exact. They are able to make Joe a hero when clearly there are no heroes in this. Oh no, the, the people making the show aren't heroes because they're leaving out important information about the animals and the people themselves. So like, no one's a winner, but everyone wins who's watching it. And there's yeah. a whole lot of like uh, people like coming out now talking about like things in the making of it that that you know I'm not going to say are necessarily like oh bad things, but the the optics of how they were perceiving how they were going to display the show. For an example, is uh, John Finlay, mm -hmm. where he apparently had his new teeth because if you look up a picture, he has full on beautiful teeth. That dude's handsome. He's really handsome. He's now. handsome, man. They at, they a lot of his interviews. They had him take them out and wanted him to not have the shirt on to yeah. get a look. Yeah. Uh, for the piece. Yeah, I think Colbert interviewed him. And, yeah. Yeah, and he's like, "Did you take your shirt off?" He's like, "No, they asked me to take the shirt off." Yeah, they wanted yeah. it to have a certain feel and look, and they knew how they were crafting the story. They knew what they were doing, and I think that's so crazy that like that they were that meticulous about it because he had like just beautiful teeth, and they're like, "No, take them out. We want to see the ugly teeth." Yeah. Yeah. But watching like things like they they show. I mean, they don't show, but they almost show Travis killing himself and kind of like how uh, that well, story come around. They, they show they show the moment. They no, just, yeah. you yeah. see, Brandon, you see the. I know. I saw the show. No, no, I saw no, the like, show, Ben. But like what I told Ryan is, I thought because I kind of saw the writing on the wall. Yeah. Uh, there's a shot where before it happens, where he's sitting on the grass and he has the gun right here. Yeah. And it's almost perfectly in line with his head, and I'm like, oh my god, is this? going to go where i think it's going and i really thought that was going to be it yeah. yeah it's it's that's brutal that is brutal the crazy crazy show there's I'm, so I... much there's so much like analysis you can do not just about the people themselves and the situation and the problems with tire conservation which is a big problem which i hope we address uh when we get out of the quarantine but um just in making a documentary yeah like this it, is a, this is same. such a uh, this is such a thing where people can like analyze the genius of how they crafted this for a long time. I, I saw that on Hulu. They had McMillions, which is a docu series about like how they conned the um, the 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 McDonald's monopoly system. It's on HBO. Well, it's on Hulu right now. Like you is can it? watch it on Hulu. Yeah, yeah, it's on. Hulu. Are they two different ones? I don't know. Are there two ones? Because I really want to see that like also. I, I want to really say that. I I might have just read this in a headline, but I think HBO stuff right now is on Hulu because of the quarantine. 
Yeah, you know what? Because Detective Pikachu's on Hulu right now. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah. That makes sense. Because uh, I know it was something HBO made. Was that do- was the documentary talking about the Monopoly that yeah. you're talking about? I've I've been interested in that one too. Yeah, docu series guys. They're wild. They are. They are. Yeah, man. Batch. All right. Batch That's it. all I got. Watch DS9. Watch Tiger King. Read comics. Cool. I'm so happy that you read a lot of comics this week. It makes me happy. Yeah, I'm almost. I'm almost all caught up. I'm also caught up in my comics. Then what? I don't know. I have shelves of comics. Whatever. Yeah, it is. So. It is McMillions, and that is the uh, HBO one, and it is on on Hulu because uh, of quarantine. I That's guess. awesome. That's good, good on you, HBO. Appreciate yeah, you. It's like as I was like, is this a fire festival situation? There's two different documentaries on Hulu. That's what I was wondering too. That's what I was wondering too, which is why I wanted to look. Hey man, uh, I watched one of those and it was real good. So if the other one's. <laughs> I don't know. Ryan's like, like, Shield and Netflix, right? Yeah, yeah. One came out first. I watched that one. I don't I say the Netflix one came out first. I honestly cannot tell you. It was like it was last year. (laughs) Oh, speaking of documentaries on on Netflix, on Hulu, um, they have the, the. the boy who invented Batman? No, I don't remember what. But it's the Bill Finger story on Netflix. On yeah, Hulu, Batman sorry. And Batman what? and Bill. Batman and Bill. Batman and Bill, yeah. Check that out. It's awesome. Yeah, that's the one on Hulu, right? Yep. I'll it's watch awesome. That. Yeah, okay. They also anyway. have uh, Mr. Marsh and the Wonder Woman. They put that on there as well. Oh, yeah. uh, Professor Marston and the Wonder Woman. That's a that's a docu. That's a biopic, that's, not that's a documentary. Biopic. Yeah, but still, it's a biopic. That is the movie that inspired me to get Movie Pass way back when. Wow. Remember oh. Movie Pass. I, yeah. I oh, I'm the Anyway, who's next? Mm, hey, Ben, you, why don't you go? Oh, okay. Yeah, why uh, not? Yeah, what what did I do this week? Um, I watched started watching Neon Genesis Evangelion on my episode 11. Nice. And oh my, oh my God, that show's so good. Oh, that wasn't mine. It is such it is such a good anime. I finally got, I got to like three episodes into where Asuka shows up. I now can finally understand why everyone calls her the king of Sundare. I finally freaking understand it now. Holy what? shit. The, the, the king of what? The, the queen, king of what? The queen, the queen of Sundare. It, there's an there's a anime character called uh, a Sundare character where pretty much is the girl who I, I think at first you think she absolutely hates your guts, like she kind of treats you bad, but as you get to know her, she's like the the layers of her personality start revealing themselves to mm. how she like she puts up walls and she's just guarded and she's really a kind-hearted sweet character that you eventually either fall in love with or she falls in love with you mm. but everyone points to asuka from neon justice Eli Evangelion to as like the queen of that trope yeah and she's I, a bitch and oh god she <laughs> is a major like when i first met her and how cocky she is about her unit too it's like i finally understand it now I understand it all. I'm very happy, Ben. But yeah, so Neon Justice Evangelion, I'm still getting through it. I absolutely love that show. I hope, and of course, um, just as a side thing, every time there's like the, the skip intro to the opening theme song, I never skip it. I fucking love that song. I never skip. Yeah, I never skip that song either. Uh, so also, season two of High Score Girl came out on Netflix finally after so freaking long. So Fanny and I started watching that. It's one of my favorite animes from a few years ago. It's about a kid growing up, and he's playing video games, and he finds out that this other girl who he thought should never be in, or he thought she would never set foot in an arcade, she doesn't have any interest in video games, is one of the best damn Street Fighter players you will ever meet in your entire life. So season two is up on Netflix, so Fanny and I are going through that. Don't assume. 
No, no, no. He, she. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a really good show. I absolutely love it because obviously I'm nostalgic bitch, and it has a whole bunch of old '90s video games in it. And speaking of nostalgic bitch, I've been playing Doom. I was playing Doom this week, waiting for uh for Friday because Final Fantasy VII remake came out. Uh, Doom Eternal is awesome. There's a lot of beautiful Easter eggs in there. Uh, funny enough, Happy Easter. Yeah, yeah Happy <laughs> Easter. Funny enough, you could actually unlock doom 2 and the original doom in doom eternal mm-hmm. yeah oh that's cool yeah there's actually an older pc in uh like the doom slayers cast in like the doom in the in the fortress of doom and you have to put in a cheat code to unlock doom 2 but you have to find all the cheat codes in the game which are collectibles you find in the levels to unlock doom 1 which i think i, I think that's pretty cool so I, and of course, um, Final Fantasy VII Remake came out. I got it. I'm about six hours into it, and I'm absolutely loving it. They are stretching out the Midgar story so much. Um, the characters Biggs, Wed, and Jesse, who you only know for I want to say about an hour, hour and a half, maybe in the original, they fleshed them out. And I care about these characters now. I actually feel for them, and I am so far. I'm loving it. I love the gameplay. The game is fun. And I can't wait to talk about more to talk more of it. Nice. And let's anything. Oh, I want it real. I want it real bad. I know it, it's, oh, bro, bro. It is. Oof. Oof. It's so pretty. It's so beautiful. Anyway. I watched just enough of like later into the game because uh, uh-huh. I didn't want to spoil myself. But I'm just like, oh, this looks so good. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and also it's getting good reviews, which is which makes me happy. Yeah. I mean, obviously the big point is it's only the Midgar story. But they stretched out to a forty-hour campaign, and people. Do you go to Niflheim and Spaltheim? No, you don't. That's part two. That's part two. <laughs> Spice no. got it. Yeah. Oh, I. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he I did. get it. I understand the mythology. We all play God I, of I War. I get it. I get the joke. Uh, <laughs> right. I get. I get mythology, Ben. I get God of War. <laughs> No, but apparently one thing that people, because I did see on Twitter real quick when um, Final Fantasy VII did come out that people were bitching and moaning that, oh, it's only 30, 40 hours? Oh, this sucks. Hey, um, uh, guys, the original Final Fantasy VII was about a 40-hour campaign. Get over yourselves. I haven't seen anyone complain about that. I saw a few people about Twitter, like uh, some gamers I follow on Twitter, they're posting other tweets about people. I complained about that. No, you didn't. (laughs) No, No, you didn't. I mean, I could have just to mess with you. You, you could have, but no, no, you didn't. All right. Besides that, Final Fantasy VII, love it. And also, I finally watched Parasite last night. It deserves Hell all yeah. the Oscars. It is a fantastic film. Everyone should watch it. Get over yourselves if you think subtitles are bad. Because Pan's Lab, if you say subtitles are bad, but you watch Pan's Labyrinth, you're dumb. I mm. doubt. I doubt the people who watch who didn't watch Parasite also didn't watch Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah. Um, yeah. Pan's Labyrinth is a great movie. Pan's Labyrinth it. is an amazing movie. Parasite is also an amazing film, and that fully deserves all the Oscars. All the Oscars. Yeah, I'm so happy they put that movie on Hulu. That movie rocks. I am so happy that I finally got to watch it. It is a fantastic film. I absolutely loved it. I'm I'm glad you liked it. I wonder if anyone else this week possibly also watched Parasite. Mm, It's crazy. Was Was it you, Ryan? Well, I mean, I've already seen Parasite, so who else could have been? It's crazy. Who knows? Sparks saw Parasite before, though, right? Sparks, you saw Parasite for the first time this week? Sparks, I'm so happy. Yeah. Yeah, I saw it for the first time this week. What'd you think? Uh, the, I really liked yeah. it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it didn't, it didn't go the way I thought it was going to go. But I <laughs> still really liked it. 
when I first saw it, when I first saw it, I, I took the name literally. So I thought there was like supernatural parasite, parasitic organisms. I thought that too. Oh my God. I didn't, I didn't do that, but did, did I tell you guys how, like when it was first being talked about and I hadn't looked into it at all. And I was just hearing Bong Joon-ho's new film parasite is uh, like the, the greatest thing ever. Uh, I automatically started associating it with parasite, the anime. And I thought that it was going to be like a crazy good anime adaptation. And I'm like, what is happening? Because (laughs) the thing is, if you were familiar with the Parasite anime, it would not be surprising for Bong Joon-ho to make it Mm. visually. It's not his kind of story, but visually I could see him wanting to play with it. Um, So I was like, that's really weird. And then it turned out to not be about that at all. So I've come a long way away from where I (laughs) Funny um, enough, uh, Sparks, funny enough, when I first heard about the film Parasite, I actually thought, I was like, wait, did they adapt the anime? Because there's an anime called Parasite, right? Did they adapt that? And then right. I, I find out what it actually is about. I'm like, oh. yeah. I, I, think, I, what, I think what happened for me was I, I, I saw from the, like Bong Joon-ho directed The Host, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, I think I saw like from the director of The Host, I was like, oh, another monster movie. Sure. Uh, yeah. Um... I was really pleased that I was able to not know any, pretty much anything about it until I saw it. I, I knew very, very, very little. Um, there was one scene I told Ryan when we were watching it, like right out of the middle of the film, uh, when they're when they're escaping uh, through the through the town um, that I had seen because we watched it in my critical studies class. But it was just that snippet of them traveling because it was a focus on extreme long shots. And composition. It's a gorgeous movie. It's a really pretty movie. Yeah. Yeah, that movie's good. I should buy it. <laughs> Do it. Buy it. Anything else for you, Ben? Oh, no. <laughs> Pretty much that, that's all I got. I love it. And maybe a little bit of Dark Souls with my brother, but besides that, no. Played I'll, some Dark Souls I'll, last I'll night. I'll roll off of that. Uh, uh, we talked a lot about last week uh, playing video games together and getting Brandon PS Plus so we could do that. And we got him PS Plus, and we did none of that this week. Um, Wait, Brandon, do you officially have PS Plus now? I do, thanks to Sparks. Uh, yeah. What did you tell me? A big a big reason why I took no part in gaming is this became a really, really, really bad school week for me. Um, in the sense that multiple, multiple assignments were were issued out or suddenly brought up, and then they were due very quickly. And uh, I was talking to one of my professors because I was having difficulty with one of my essays. And she was just like, hey, how's your class load in this quarantine and everything? And I'm like, honestly, everybody has a logic of, well, you're quarantined. So you've got time. So they just keep increasing the load of the assignments. But because everybody's doing that, it's making it very, very difficult right now. That seems to be calming down as I'm coming into this next week. So I'm looking forward to not having to focus so much on that. But that was a lot of my week. So there's not a lot of... uh, extracurricular stuff I was able to do. I did section off uh, yesterday entirely to spend with Megan uh, doing whatever she wanted to do because it was our anniversary. Well, happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Thank you. Thank you. Three years. Thank you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, but beyond that, uh, it's been a lot of essay writing. While I've been writing my essays, I've been playing Marvel movies in the background in order. I'm up to... I finished Incredible Hulk last night while writing essays. So that's I a think lot. That's a, I, I think that's an underrated movie. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I've gone through five, 
five MCU films in my time working on essays this week. You're gonna make this a yearly thing because we did this last year. I guess so. I was like, what? What's something that I've seen recently enough? I'm not going to care about it being on. And yeah. The, uh, all the movies so far have worked. I got a little distracted in Captain Marvel because I've watched that one the least of those. Um, uh, oh yeah, I well, I rewatched that a couple weeks ago and I didn't. I forgot to say it on here. Yeah. It's. I still think it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh. I I think oh. there's a couple of posts that have been going around that are like, these MCU movies get get too much of a kicking and i agree with all of them when there was like the incredible hulk avengers age of ultron captain marvel and one i like iron man 3 and like all like those four is like people hate these movies for like way too drastically i'm like yeah no people shouldn't hate these movies let me tell you iron man 2 shines in a marathon night of iron man to iron man 2 where you're working on something else, so it's just on the background because you only really tune in to the parts you give a shit about. Yeah, <laughs> it shines when that happens. I'm like, oh man, there's just like the whole uh, opening scene with uh, the Senate when Justin Hammer's introduced when Don Cheadle first comes out. I'm like, man, this scene's great. Mm-hmm. And then it went to Mickey work, and I was like, oh, back to the essay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, it really works. Um, uh, in connection to that, yesterday, Megan uh, and I picked a movie to watch. Um, we were looking through romance genres because she very specifically wanted to look through romance genres and pick a movie. And we picked a movie called Mr. Right with Anna Kendrick and Sam Rockwell. Oh, and- that's, kind of- that's the one where that's Sam Rockwell a- plays a demon. No. 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 It's a oh, massive- that's written movie oh, about the, two people. Oh, it's Max Landis written? Yeah. That I, thought, I did not. I thought you knew that. No, I did not know. <laughs> yeah, that. that's why it's so weird. Uh yeah, it's it's weird. Um it's it I'll be honest, it has a lot of actually really good moments. I believe uh it. Sam Sam Rockwell is basically playing a very competent Justin Hammer. Um he's very loosey goosey and fun. Uh to be honest, the only thing that really doesn't work is uh Anna Kendrick and Sam Rockwell are romantic partners in the film. And the chemistry of them meeting is awkward and doesn't work. But once it gets past that, it it actually has a lot of really fun moments um, that are pretty pretty enjoyable. There's a whole lot of some of my favorite stuff about it is there's really good goon banter when Sam Rockwell is going after a group of guys, and each encounter he has with their lower underling minions are are pretty good. Uh, there's a lot of just like guys, look, I just killed that guy. Uh, obviously this is going to go really poorly. I really just, is it worth it guys? I know they're paying you. Is it worth it? You can leave right now. I'm not going to do nothing. And just a lot of those kind of very genuine moments of one guy literally just goes F this man. And the bad like, guy shot. Like, like, like an Iron Man 3. <laughs> like an Iron Man 3 when he's just like, honestly, I just worked here. These guys are so weird. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> uh, the movie I was thinking of was uh, Rapture Palooza. Yeah, starring Anna Kendrick and Craig Robertson. Oh, okay. yeah, it's uh it's the kind of thing where I feel like a a more polished script would have really shined and possibly the thing is like Sam Rockwell's really good as his character and Anna Kendrick's really great as her character. They're just not good chemistry together. They're not sounds like a Max until, until like the end. This sounds uh, like a Max Landis problem. Yeah, and so uh, it, it was something. Um, beyond that, we caught entirely up on Harley Quinn. And that's awesome. Uh, boy, that show is totally off the rails. You have no idea what it's going to do now it's, or where it's going. It just kills like 
it's its own continuity. It just kills major characters, and it's like, yeah, okay, they're gone now. Yeah, just deal. <laughs> this, is, this is the world now. I'm like, cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, saw I saw the clip that where where Joker kills Scarecrow. Oh yeah, I saw that too. Mm. Right. Um, yeah. There's there's even more stuff happening now that we're in season two because that was the end of season one, um, and we watched the latest episode of Motherland Fort Salem this week. That's super good, guys. Motherland Fort Horny. So <laughs> I know we said last no. week this is a horny show. This is a horny show. This, this episode, it's all about them banging. And there's there's threesomes, and there's just people banging out in the wilderness, and people are yelling, we get it, you're banging. Uh, like, it's, it's a Disney show. It sounds like a Friday night at this place, am I right, guys? Like, so the witch oh, mother, wow. so the, there's the, like, general of the military is the witch mother, and she's banging the witch father and there's there is a group of old women around them in a circle because they are like her attached beings who oh god there's a midsummer situation and so they're facing but they're facing away but they all open their mouths and have this like harmonic scream at orgasm and so birds like scramble around in the sky (laughs) it's such a good show so it is like a midsummer situation but but, but but witches are good. They're yeah. the they're the military force of America. Yeah. Okay. Jesus and there's male Christ. witches again. Like there's like there's so male good. witches too. Yeah. Um. And also there's like really good character stuff. And like I wouldn't say the script is always like the best. Like it sometimes kind of feels CW a little bit. But I agree. But a lot of the the themes and the acting like transcends the the the, the mediocre script. And the, and the setting and the sound design, the visuals are so cool. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing. There's no show doing stuff like it. Yeah, I really it's, enjoy it's, it. Uh, we, I say every week, it is super unique. Yeah. Like it, it is one of a kind. Yeah. Wow. I need to get on that show. It's on, it's on Hulu. I know. Hulu. Hulu. It's on Hulu. Yeah, because I. Because so after. Hold on a second. I have to cough real quick. I don't want to cough into my microphone. Cough, 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 cough. What were you saying then? After Faye and I were done watching Parasite last night. We saw um, Fort Salem, and I'm like, man, I really should watch that show. But then, of course, I, I went to Final Fantasy because I barely played any Final Fantasy. So I, need, I know I yeah. need to, get, I need to get because what I've been doing this week is like Monday and Tuesday, like Monday, when I came home from work, I just watched Evangelion. Like Saturday and Monday, I'm like, I'm just gonna watch Evangelion, and then Tuesday, Tuesday, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna play some Doom, and then I had to read my um, chapters for. Um, Mine and, Dow- and Michael from Dow Nerdy, our book club on YouTube with Rachel Liffin. I had to read the chapters for that book. So, like, every day of the week, I've been like doing, like, I'm going to do this one day, this uh, another day. Like, I've been sectioning them off so I can at least get most of my entertainment. So, I'm not like scrambling at the end of the, at the end of the and week. And you're still, you're still at work too. So, it's, yeah, it's rough. And I, it's, and we've been, I've done overtime this entire week. Yeah. So, I've been, instead of coming, being home at around 1 a.m., I've been home at around 2, 2 30 a.m. Yeah. So um, it's been it, ha- it has not been fun. No, I'm sure. Uh, I I would definitely say to you guys and to the listeners, like, jump on the show as soon as you can. Now is the time to be riding the motherland train because before it's canceled, we have no idea. <laughs> I I have a hard time believing it's going to survive past this first season just because of lack of anybody talking about it. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I think I'll try to watch it this week. Although we just figured out when we're moving, so it might oh. not happen. We'll see. Yeah. Um, past that, uh, we did Westworld. Yes. Oh, I was all I'll talk about video games. Yes, I, I we did do Westworld though. We yes. are uh, keeping up on that every Sunday, baby. Um, 
the big reveal about stuff happened this last week. Yes, there was one, yeah. like a big uh, like uh, uh, plot heavy reveal, and we were all guessing differently. Like, oh, it's it's like it's about you know robots taking over bodies. So it's like, oh, we think it's this person, this person. We were all wrong, of course. Uh, and it's a really unique twist. From like, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, um, Megan and Good I. Show. Megan and I have been playing a lot of Mario Party, and uh, earlier today she Ooh. wanted to do some Cuphead, so we were playing our campaign of Cuphead that we haven't yeah. touched in a long time. How far uh, are you guys on Cuphead? Not far. Okay. Um, Still the first island or the second? You have to understand. Island? You have to understand. Like, no, we're not on the first island. Um, uh, we started it back when we were in Monterey. And we played it a bit, and then we just dropped it, and we hadn't picked it up since. So we're just picking that campaign up again. Um, that was this like is 15 years ago. Huh? That was like 15 years ago. Yeah, yeah. This is the campaign that her and I started together, so we wanted to, to pick it up again. Um, there's just been other games she's wanted to play or other things have come up. Uh, I spent a little bit of time uh, playing Super Mario Odyssey on the Switch earlier this week, uh, as well as... Oh, I forget the name. Mm. Oh, ukulele ukulele thank you oh that was it yeah that was it okay. um sometimes spent playing ukulele trying to finish that because i'm close to the end nice. um past that i finished the eighth season of the office so i'm now in the final season of the office um yep how do you stretch feel, of that how do you feel about it now that michael's gone um i it it's fine i think like um binging it it has been a, a little nicer i overall enjoyed the eighth season i'd seen a lot of those episodes out of just seeing megan watching it and out of continuity and it never really had context or made sense uh fl flowing through and just processing it one after the other it's 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 all right it doesn't feel like there was such a massive dip in quality that i think a lot of people talk about there being i feel like it, it dips but it's not a big dip yeah um going into season nine however uh, I do feel like there is a big shift, which is that they really, really detrimentally harmed Andy's character. Oh no! Uh, because they made him—they made a really unlikable choice with him at the end of the eighth season, and it's carried over into the ninth season, to make him kind of crappy. Uh, and I can see where that's kind of dragging on the show. Now. He'll be redeemed by the end, I'm sure. We'll which one's Andy? Is that Ed Helms? Ed Helms, yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh, I, I'm still behind on the CW shows, so uh, the Arrowverse. So I've been catching up on that. I have nothing super notable to say about the episodes I've watched yet. Can I'm, we still call it the Arrowverse if Arrow isn't even on anymore? I yes. thought about this myself, and I'm like, I just don't know what else we call the it. The CW-verse. Yeah. The CW-DC shows. What was the, show? CW. what was the show after? Flash? Yeah. Flash. Can't call it Flash. Flashverse. Doesn't sound good. All right. Uh, yeah, I think I think it will forever kind of be known as the Arrowverse. I think it kind of works because Arrow died mm -hmm. to create this new multiverse. Oh. So it is always and forever the Arrowverse. Spectreverse. Um, uh, it's not that the show, the episodes I've watched haven't been good. There's just nothing where I foundationally would say any more than like, Supergirl's still great, guys, and Flash is okay, and Legends is cool, and like that's about it. Um, that's pretty much all that I've been able to do. That seemed like a lot still. Yeah, it's a lot. It's just a lot of like uh, not things I can expand much on here. Yeah. And, and a lot of it is like, you know, uh, the MCU is on in the background while I'm doing school. True. The Maku. Well, Ryan? Hey, so I didn't do 
a lot this week compared to last week. Um, I played some Animal Crossing and I beat the the progression of it where I got to the final, like, here's what you do to like beat the game, but you never really beat the game because you're always making your town look better. But uh, I got I got a concert by a dog with an acoustic guitar. His name is KK Slider. He's an, uh, he's an American icon. He's a national treasure. Uh, and that was fun. That was like a sweet little moment because like all my villagers came together and we had like a little party. Uh, it's, it's really cute. Um, I can't wait to... Uh, I finally got to the part of the game where you can like terraform and like build waterfalls and like make land, so you can really customize the game how you really want. Uh, so I'm very excited about getting that point. Um, a lot of my week was spent playing GameCube games. I'm definitely not winking at the camera because playing emulators is a is a, a fishy subject with the law. Because is it stealing? Is it just borrowing? It's like Napster, but with video games. So I definitely played GameCube games this week. And let me tell you the games I started playing: X Men Legends Two: Colon Rise of Apocalypse. I mean, I own. Cube, so he owns a GameCube. I'm playing that GameCube. Uh, uh, I, I played X Men Legends one to completion, and then I played X Men Legends two about halfway, and then I stopped and I never went back. Um, I I downloaded the. I should have said I played the first one a little bit, and then I realized <laughs> I just want to get to the 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 better game because I played both and I knew the second one's better. I just want to get to that because that has a more original story instead of just taking things straight from comics, which isn't yeah. a bad thing. But the Rise of Apocalypse story, it's its own unique take on Apocalypse. Uh, so I started streaming that a couple hours every day and I'm really enjoying that. If It's exactly like the Marvel Ultimate Alliance games. It's the same developers. Uh, so just playing the X, the GameCube version compared to like the 360 version, like it's the same thing. It's the same thing. Even Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 made by a different developer pretty much... All these games have played the same for almost 20 years. It's not a bad thing. It's like it's like the, the gauntlet genre, you know, the overhead Diablo style. It's how yeah, the games yeah. are. Um, yeah. But I, I think the story is really good and the voice acting is pretty good. And like like a lot of care went into the story. And like the company you made is obviously really likes comic books and really likes the X-Men. Uh, and there's a lot of deep lore and a lot of really good stuff. So I've been really remember, enjoying that. Do you remember the X-Men Origins video game? Oh, yes. I also have that one. That game was awesome. Yes, is that the Wolverine, the Wolverine yeah. Yeah, the oh, one yeah. where the game was better than the movie? It was, it was yeah. a, a mature game where you could like murder fools and decapitate and like you can get your body like destroyed and regenerates. Yeah, Mark Hamill was the voice of Wolverine. It was. I, uh, so, hold on. I, he was the voice of, of X2 Wolverine because I, I, I have that game, Wink. And, and he was <laughs> the voice of Wolverine in that one. I don't think he does the voice in Wolverine. You can check for me. I'm pretty sure that got, they got the cast from uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine for that game. I don't think Hugh Jackman ever did that. Ever did a video? No, I don't think it's no, I don't think he did. I, I'm on it. I'm on. He's it. on it. It doesn't he's matter. But anyway, go ahead. Uh, I'm, I'm playing a lot of. Uh, I downloaded. Every, I'm playing every X Men game that's on the GameCube. <laughs> uh, I got. Uh, there's a couple Batman games that I want to play. I just want to like. I just want to chronicle every superhero game. I think because like I have a lot of them for the modern generation. So didn't I, you have a? Didn't you have a show in mind? Y- yes, but that would require a lot more like nice camera work and editing whereas just streaming i just want to play the games um and it's you know it's the same same thing maybe in the future i'll do that but uh i just did a lot of video game stuff this week uh sticking with the x-men i watched uh, paper mario and a thousand year door it is hugh jackman it is for both oh it is jackman it's liev schreiber it's will i am no i yeah so i was right it is hugh jackman weird oh wow Yeah, yeah, that's the one that I was surprised. Maybe it's the X two game I'm thinking of. It is because I just I I I played it. But yeah, that's right. the one. Is that the one that starts with Wolverine in 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 the in and he's in like the the Weapon X facility and he got to escape. Yes. Yeah. That's the X two game. Yeah, Wolverine's Revenge. Yeah, that game's rough. That game rocks. 
Yes. So I'm, I'm playing all those games and, and, and watching Wolverine and the X-Men. Um, that is a truly sensationally awesome, great three-part finale. It deals with the E's Extinction event where um, Sentinels come and destroy all of Genosha. Everyone's definitely paying attention to what I'm saying. Oh, no. I am, I am paying attention. Sorry. Okay, Sorry cool. I was looking for a thing. No, you're fine. Um, it deals with the E's Extinction event where um, instead of the humans doing it, Magneto wants to start the mutant war early because he he's tired of waiting for humans to die. So he gets Mystique to impersonate Senator Kelly to initiate the Sentinel program to come and kill all the mutants. So, Mel, so uh, uh, Magneto's just watching Genosha burn. And Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch are like, you're a madman. How can you allow this? He's like, babe, it was going to happen eventually. I just made it happen faster so we can reclaim the Earth because it's ours. And it's such a good Magneto. Like, maybe the best animated Magneto. And and the whole cast is so good. And you get the Phoenix Five. It's a Stefford Cuckoos. They absorb the Phoenix Force. And it's an epic battle. I was tweeting about it because I love it. Um, yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember the Stefford Cuckoos being yeah. in that show. And Emma Frost has the, the perfect, perfect arc of showing how she's a hero uh, she was a villain becoming a hero, betrays the X-Men and becomes a hero at the end. I'm just going to spoil the final thing on the show because it's amazing. Emma yeah. Frost absorbed the entire Phoenix Force and she can't contain it. So she goes through her diamond form to try to contain it. She can't. She explodes and it rains diamonds all over the city. And it was emotional and awesome. And it's just Gene and Scott holding each other saying, like, thank you, Emma. Because, like, she loves Scott, but, like, he was with Gene. I'm like, guys, the X-Men rule. Holy shit. I need to watch that again. Yeah. Uh, yeah what Top 10. It's a good show. Great show. The, um, the, the, the real ending. In a, the very a, end. Oh, with Apocalypse? The tease for the next season? Yeah. Man. In, in a similar way, uh, I saw a trip go around on Twitter this week was, uh, uh, is there any better intro than the Spectacular Spider-Man intro? And it's like, man, there ain't any better Spider-Man cartoon yeah. than the Spectacular. <laughs> yeah. Spider-Man. That era of all the shows is just perfect. Yeah, ben, to answer, to answer your question, I believe Wolverine and the X-Men is available on Disney+. Plus. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you can check it out. I, I, I recommend it. Um, yeah, th- those shows truly are the, the Marvel equivalent of the, the Justice League. Yeah. Uh, Earth's Mightiest Heroes, Spectacular Spider-Man, Wolverine and the X-Men, awesome yep. shows. Awesome uh, shows. Uh, that's... Um, I read a lot of comics on Marvel Unlimited. Uh, I read a lot of the tie-ins to our book club this week just because, like, I really like that era of Marvel, and it made me nostalgic for, like, that the characters you don't see around, like Hercules and Cersei and all those characters. Yeah. So uh, I read a lot of Marvel comics, and I read the book club, and that's it for me. Oh, Ryan, did you also start Paper Mario and a Thousand Year Door? I started it, but I think I want to stream that one. So okay. uh, I put a pause on it. I just I played all the games I definitely legally bought um i i just to see if they worked because uh sometimes the software can get buggy on computers yeah yeah all right um all right shall we get into our news then bread and butter and here's your bread and your butter okay okay not in my ear thank you here let's do the let's do our bread and butter we got some sad news up top as is the norm. Yeah. Um, sorry for the length, everyone. We don't get to see each other anymore, so this so suck it. This um, is literally the only time we get to see each other face to face. So yes, so we have some deaths that happened this week, um, quite quite a few again. Honor Blackman, uh, who was most notable for playing, I'm sorry, for playing Pussy Galore in Goldfinger. That's her um, name. Uh, she was also Hera in Jason and the Argonauts. And she was also Catherine Gale 
in the TV series The Avengers, the British one, the 60s British one. Yeah. So not the superhero one. Uh, she died this she she died this week at the age of ninety four due to natural causes. Everyone mm. has been very like no 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 natural causes because this is a tough time. But yeah, so that 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 sucks. You know, she's a famous Bond girl. Yeah, yeah. maybe the famous, yeah. most famous. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, George Algilvy died this week. He is the co director of Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, the third mm. Mad Max film. Um, he co wrote that. He co directed that with. Uh, um, George Miller. George Miller, thank you. I forgot his name for a second. He died this week of, at 89. He also gave Russell Crowe his first acting role with, uh, called the, with a movie called The Crossing, which is a made-for-TV film. Uh, he died this week from emphysema. Oh. Yeah. Um, Mort Drucker, who is probably the most famous Mad Magazine artist. He is the reason why you see the Mad Magazine caricatures. He drew all those. Uh, for like 50 years, um, he passed away. He's the style. Like Mad Max is his style. Yeah, like, exactly. Whenever you see like mad caricatures, like it's him. That's the dude. Yeah. He passed away <laughs> this week at the age of 91. Oh, wow. uh, no cause of death was given for him. But yeah, that, that sucks. That, you know, he was still working. He's still doing art for Mad Magazine. So that's amazing. Yeah. And then today, almost missed this because this happened today. Tim Brooke Taylor who is a British comedian for the BBC who did a bunch of stuff with Monty Python, John, a good friend of John Cleese, um, Stephen Fry. Check him out on YouTube. He's hilarious. He did some of the, he did the, um, the annoyance sketch on Monty Python, which I just rewatched this morning. Uh, hilarious sketches on Monty Python. The Four Yorkshiremen. That's a great one. That's a great sketch. I highly recommend that sketch. He passed away this week at the age of 79 uh, due to COVID-19. That's a uh, great, great British comedian. So a lot of greats passed away this week. Yeah. Um, all right. Getting to some, uh, as we've done before, we, we do a lot of the updates or as many as updates as I can find. Cause I, I miss those guys, some things I miss, which is why I help, which is why you guys help me out. Um, this is, uh, some of the updates of what's going on due to the coronavirus, uh, kind of to the entertainment industry, what's changing. Um, Universal Studios released a statement this week that they're going to remain closed until May 31st. And Disney, yeah, Disney hasn't said that they're going to do the same yet. Right, Sparks? You haven't heard anything? No. Um, they'll... They will. Yeah. Disneyland's not going to open before Universal Studios does. No way. That, you can just... I, I, I... Yeah, there's no way. Yeah. Um, uh, at, the, at the moment, Disneyland is... Is I think their their only official stance is that they're following the mandate of how long our stay at home order is, which is like you know they'd say well it's no earlier than May fifteenth, um, but I I suspect that will in the near future hear them give a more official statement of we're closed till June first yeah. at least. Um, they may even wait longer and declare it even longer. Yeah. Oh, get me out of this house. Okay, film and television yeah. news. Uh, in a in a similar vein, did, do you have the thing about what Bob Iger was saying about when they do reopen? No, I didn't see this. Uh, Bob Iger um, was saying that uh, it, when they reopen, odds are without any kind of vaccination in place yet, um, they'll implement temperature scans and other health scans as part of security for entrance oh. to the parks until a vaccination is out uh, and at public disposal. Yeah, so, I heard about that. Um, 
that that is the first i think that's the first that anyone who works at any of the theme parks disney universal whatever have acknowledged uh health implementations for reopening post quarantine but still being in the wake of the virus being out there right um so that's that's seeming like the likely course of action at this moment right all right, so some film and TV news. The Friends reunion special that was going to launch with HBO Max. HBO Max is still slated to come out on May. Um, which, what? Given, uh, which it should, given that everybody's at home. Yeah. Um, it is no longer be, going to be launching with HBO Max because they could not film it due to Obviously. COVID-19. <laughs> um, my company was actually working on it. Uh, we were going through tapes and tapes and tapes of old Friends bloopers to try and find stuff for it. Obviously, we can't do that either, so, you know. I just think it's funny that a show that's supposed to appear, uh, like premiere in a month, hasn't even been shot yet. Yeah, (laughs) I think that's a little funny. It was supposed to launch. It was supposed to be shot in March, but they they couldn't do it because it's just like a special. No, I know, but like you still got to like edit it and stuff. Like a month just seems like, well, you're just really cutting it quick. Just gonna do it real quick. Uh, So they'll they'll tell us when it's coming, whenever they can film it. So, but it is still coming. Um, My spy. You guys remember this movie, My Spy with Dave Bautista? Yep. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. It was pushed because of the because of Stuber, and then it was pushed again because of COVID-19. Oh, yeah. Um, right. Well, it's been pushed again because Amazon has picked up the distribution rights. It will no longer be going to theaters. It will be debuting, during, it will be debuting exclusively on Amazon. Um, no release date has been set yet. So. Huh. Okay. All right. I'll watch <laughs> I was, it for I'll watch it for free, I guess, yeah. Um, rival games rival games shut down permanently who are they rival games is a there we go Um, they're a video game company that's really (laughs) all I know about them what games do they make oh I thought you would know this that's why I put it on there no I didn't hear about it rival games video games got it I got this come on newsman well you know games more than I do I know, but I don't know everything. Right. All right, okay. So, so the, did... na- the name sounds familiar. So, it, okay, hold on. Here we go. Hold on, I got this. Oh, they did Thief of Thieves. That's their big claim to fame. Is they did Thief of Thieves, the Kirkman uh, no, comic book turned video game. Telltale game, yeah. No, it wasn't Telltale. It was Rival. No, I'm saying it's like a Telltale game. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That was their. That was their. What did you say? It's like an adventure game where you choose prompts. It's like a Telltale game. Yeah. So so Thief it of Thieves, also... the Kirkman comic book, and was so. Their, their other big thing is the they teamed up with 20th Century Fox to make the Alien Blackout mobile game. That's right. Um, they're a big, like, Steam developer. That's most of what yeah. they oh, okay. Anyway, they shut down. They're, they're going to have to... They were having a rough go of it, um, but this was kind of like the... They were probably going to have to shut down anyway, but due to the coronavirus pandemic, this was just kind of like, well, if we close, we won't be able to reopen. So That's a stinker. Yeah. Um, here's something I do know about comics. Um, comics, uh, Diamond, Diamond released a statement this week saying that they are going to start paying their distributors. Um, you know, cause they should, um, they're going to pay 25% of what they owe up top and then they will pay the rest, the final 75% to in 13 week increments until things get back to normal, until things start, start opening up again and they can distribute comics again. Um, in order to do this, the top brass are going to take a 50% pay cut. Good. So it's, good. Yeah. So I think that's a good idea to, you know, get some money going to the, getting to the vendors, you know, not, not Marvel or DC. They're fine. But like, 
you know, uh, Dark Horse or Volt or Lion Forge, you know, those kind of the, the independent publishers who still are going to try and publish comics. So I think that's good. Yeah. Speaking of good things, well, <clears throat> you guys might like this one. Do you guys like Olaf? Nah. <laughs> I like well, too. Yeah. Well, get ready for 20 40, 40 second short films starring <clears throat> Olaf uh, called At Home with Olaf. Oh, I heard about this. Yeah, so these are animated at home by Hiram Osmond, who is one of the lead animators at Disney. Uh, recorded at home by Josh Gad. Um, and it's going to be 20 vignettes that are about 40 seconds long. And the first one is out now. You can check that one out on the on the Twits and the YouTubes and whatever. Um, it's kind of cute. It's, you know, it's he's just throwing snowballs. And then he throws the snowball. It throws the head of one of the little tiny ones. Spoilers. <laughs> Um, so there's just, you know, little, little, little fun little things to try to keep people, kids, mostly yeah, engaged. I, regardless of how much I like Olaf or not, I think it's nice that they're doing this weird at home experiment with animating the character and that Disney's allowing it. Um, I forgot that I want to bring up something because you said doing stuff at home. I watched SNL at home. That's an excellent episode because it just feels like a bunch of people making YouTube sketches. Um, I highly recommend all the sketches are on YouTube, obviously, because it was all online. They don't, they don't have a studio to go to. Um, if you guys have like half an hour to like pick some of the best sketches, like that's really good stuff. And the Tom Hanks uh, monologue is exceptional. I want to check that out for sure. Yeah, I'll check that out. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. I also saw Josh Gad was tweeting out asking uh, if there was an audience for having Olaf um, recount other Disney films the way he did Frozen and Frozen 2. So that's something he's yeah. wanting to do with the same idea. Uh, uh, Josh Gad, yes, I think that's fun. yes, yeah, yeah. I think that's fun. I, th I like the idea of trying to get get not necessarily like you know big stuff out there, but like things you can do at home, things that would be easy to try to get people engaged and people interested in in things like that. Like get yeah. your mind off the quarantine, get your mind off that you can't leave your house. Yeah, um, Apple TV Plus did a cool thing. I thought. Uh, this week, they are going to make a lot of their first seasons that they launched with uh, free to stream uh, this week. Starting this week, you can just watch them on the Apple TV app. You don't need a subscription to Apple TV+. Plus. Then you can watch them with ads, obviously. Um, but they're going to... Uh, they're going to... You can watch the first seasons of The Elephant Queen, Little America, Servant, that's the M. Night Shyamalan one, For All Mankind, that's the Ron Moore one, uh, Dickinson, Haley Steinfeld, uh, Helpsters... And Ghost Writer, uh, Ghost Writer, not Writer. Um, you can so check those out now on Apple TV, and I think that's kind of cool. You know, it's kind of like leading. You know, a lot of people are trying to get, like, how could we get our now that people are at home, how can we get our our our, our stuff out there for mass consumption? I wonder cool. how many subscriptions it's going to get because it's probably not going to get one from me. <laughs> hey, I'll watch it for all mankind for free. I think exactly. I think, yeah. I think there's also a uh, an amount of at all the streaming services that the smaller ones are having to like really try and bolster themselves right now because this is a time when people are at home and looking at budgets and going, do I really need to be subscribing to this, 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 this? Yeah, uh, I tried to cancel my subscription to CBS All Access. They have made it impossible. Really? Impossible. Yeah, I tried. Um, I, I tried because there's no Star Trek coming out right now, so I, I'm like, I don't need to spend the money on it right now until there's Discovery Season 3, even. So I just decided to cancel it, so I tried... It took me an hour to try to figure it out. It's still not canceled. I have no idea how to cancel my subscription. 
That's suspicious. It is. It is really suspicious. Um, if I get the lows here, so I guess it's fine. Um, this is three years again, all over again. <laughs> three years ago, all over again. Um, Don't give up, Brandon. That's what they want. They want you to give up. I, I will not give up. I will cancel you. Um, uh, yeah, so I, I, yeah, I, I'll watch. I'll watch some of these shows now that they're free. Yeah, uh, I, I was interested in them in the first place, so I'm, I'm, in, I'll, I'll check them out. Um, that's really all the COVID nineteen stuff. So I guess we'll move on. Um, Disney Plus has announced uh, some new stuff coming to their streaming service: a Doogie Hauser MD reboot. You guys remember Doogie Hauser, Neil Patrick Harris? I sure do. I know of it. Never seen the episode before. Same. Neil Patrick Harris was a kid. He's a doctor, and he whatever. He's a super smart, smart aleck kid. Yeah. And doctor. So this new series is going to be on Disney Plus. Um, it's going to. Uh, I'll tell you what's called afterwards. <laughs> it's going to star a 16-year-old half Asian, half white female. Okay. Um, from Courtney Kang and Jake Kasdan, they're the writers. I, I forgot to look up what Courtney Kane did, but Jake Kasdan, you know, we know that we know that name. Um, from 20th Century Pictures, uh, they're going to produce it for Disney Plus. It is now going to be called Doogie Kialoa, MD. Okay. <laughs> like I honestly, like I don't care enough about Doogie Howser or care. Like I think. The premise is like it's a smart Alec, really smart, like sixteen-year-old doctor. Like it could be anybody. I don't. It's just what's it called again? <laughs> Doogie, Doogie Kialoa, MD. Kialoa, MD. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't roll off the tongue like Hauser, but like I don't really care. Well, it's such a. I mean, I don't like. It's set in Hawaii, by the way. Set in Hawaii. It was weird to me that they've made a point to be like this is going to be a half Asian, half white person. Well, it's going to... they're trying to make it more diverse, and that's fine. Like you know, whatever. I, I get, I get that, and there's nothing wrong with making things more diverse. Yeah, you, of course. You know my, you know, you know me. No, yeah, yeah. But it, it was just weird to highlight something like that because I've never seen them highlight something so, like it was, it was practically like bolding and underlining the whole thing. Like, look at our diversity, and I that's they... the kind of thing that 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 really just kind of like they don't need to do that. Just do it. Yeah, um, I guess if you're going to place it like in Hawaii and make it maybe a little more uh, like uh, like Hawaii, like culturally based instead of just like some white kid. Uh, they have to, they for the layman, for the regular dudes, I have to tell you, this is going to be an Asian person. So like, wait, why is, wait, where's the white guy in Hawaii? Like they have to like spell it out for people. And I know it's like, it's not the best way, but like in, in the culture where we have to do press releases, like you have to do that shit. I mean, like you have I bet to the it. rocks in this somewhere. Why he's the rocks got done some Disney stuff. Like I'm sure he'd want to do it. He's Hawaiian. Sure. Wait, is he Hawaiian? Is he some? Is Hawaiian Samoan? He's Samoan. He's Samoan. Samoan. Oh, um, God, what's his name? Jason Momoa. He's Hawaiian. No, he's... sure. Is he Hawaiian? I thought he was from somewhere else in Polynesia. Out. I don't know off the top of my head. I don't know. If someone I know is Hawaiian. There's someone you don't have to cast the Hawaiian cameo. You don't have to do that. <laughs> I want to see them in it though. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it to to. Um, I'm not doing it like that. I, I I'd like to see see someone like that do do a show like this. I think it'd be important and nice. Yeah. Um, you guys like the animated Robin Hood movie? Yeah, I do. Do you want to see a live action version of it? No. no. Too bad. 
Um, Carlos, <laughs> Carlos Lopez Estrada, who directed Blind Spotting, uh, will direct a live live action adaptation for Disney Plus of Robin Hood, the animated Robin Hood movie. Um, this could be liking all over again, except there. Kari Kari Greenland, who wrote the recent Lady and the Tramp for Disney Plus, will write the script for it. Um, the film is planned as a musical with anthropomorphic CGI characters based in live action. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a hot fox. I'd rather they just be people. Like yeah, why? Why do this? Make that Robin Hood movie with people and embellish on the musical aspect of it. I'm like, I'm totally down with that. Yeah, me too. There hasn't been a good Robin Hood thing for a long time, so yeah, go for it. I'm telling Uh, Taron Egerton, you said that. I don't need a. Fine, tell Jamie Foxx too while you're at it. (laughs) (laughs) Their bastardized, sad Mask of Zorro attempt. it's just like I feel about Lion King. I just wish there had been people. It was really funny that you bring that up, actually, because Matt messaged me this week, and he said, I've officially decided I'm never, ever, ever going to watch the Lion King remake. And I'm like, oh? And he's like, yeah, I watched the scene with Rafiki and Simba from later in the film when he's supposed to, like, see his dad and shit. And he's like, I, I wish I never had. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, no, it's uh, don't do it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't do recommend it. it. I mean, there's no, there's this, I mean, this could be good. It could be fine. Uh, but I'd rather it be people. Like, I don't understand why you want to go through the, the extra hoop of making the CGI anthropomorphic And, animals. like, if, if, because everything is going to get remade, if you are going to remake this, just make it an, a beautiful animated remake. Don't, yeah. don't do the Lion yeah. King. Yeah. Nobody wants that. Or, or make it a really cool, uh, live action one that no. is like, like real people. No, I know. What I'm yeah, saying yeah. is, you, um, they're not going to do that for a Fox Robin Hood movie. If they're going to remake the Fox movie, and they're gonna have a fox. Just make it animated instead of make it the Lion King look, because nobody—that's what I'm saying. Nobody wants that. Just make it like a beautiful Zootopia type like movie. You know what I mean? Don't yeah. make it. Don't make it. Don't There's make it a reason why anthropomorphic yeah. animals work. There's a reason why anthropomorphic animals work in an animated format, because yeah. you can suspend that belief. Like Zootopia, I don't want to see a live action Zootopia. No. I'd rather see that animated. It looks yeah. better in animate. It looks better animated. It feels better animated. This is weird. <laughs> Yeah, it's just it's, it's Disney's being Disney. What are you gonna do? Although it would be funny to see a CGI rooster playing the Luke, so like rabbit little John walking through the forest. It'll be terrifying. It's gonna be a real rooster. <laughs> no, they'll probably be a little more caricature esque. Yeah, I know. Oh my god! But that's but that's like pointless too because like if they look cartoony against realistic. That's the problem. That's stupid. That's the problem. <laughs> if they're gonna if they're gonna make it like the Lion King. You're gonna have a real looking fox wearing a hat. <laughs> he's shooting a bow and arrow too. He's ha- he's sh- he's the one shooting arrow. Yeah, but they they made the point to say that they're they made to say they made the point to say that they're anthropomorphic. So it's going to be there's going to be like animated animals. Yeah. So <laughs> animate it. <laughs> It's gonna look. It's gonna be like oh, no, like if all the if all the lions and Lion King stood up. Oh no! Yeah, I know. Oh, God. God. <laughs> no, Prince John. Prince. That's gonna be Prince John. Guys, people keep giving them money for these things. They're we keep do, we keep them. doing it. I we know. do it. We're the problem. No, we're the problem. <laughs> someone, okay, someone even... We could have gone and talked about it, and then like said, "Oh, it's not very good," and that would have been fine. It's that most of America is still buying the tickets to these movies. Yeah. Someone on tw- someone on Twitter. Um, I think Lindsay Ellis made fun of them for, for doing this because it's just a live action Robin Hood. And so someone was like, 
why why does Disney keep making these bad decisions? And someone just post, posted the Donald Duck gif with him counting the money. And I'm like, uh, yeah. Uh, these movies make almost a billion dollars. Or Scrooge yeah. McDuck jumping to the money pit. Yes. Yeah. That's gotta hurt. I yeah. wonder I wonder if there will be any backlash post Lion King. I don't I don't think it even matters with the amount of money it made. No, but I mean like uh people who went and saw it and were like, all right, too much for me. Yeah. But it's also gonna be a Disney Plus exclusive. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that, that one, I mean, at least for that one, uh, I mean, they're still getting our money because we're we subscribe to Disney Plus. I know all th- all four of us have it. I just want to see a, like the real people version. Just gallivant it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. shit! Yeah. Right. Oh, that's shit, what I'm yeah. saying. Just do the Disney Robin Hood movie. Make a few more musical numbers. Add a little bit more character stuff, and have it be people. Let's make a third season of Gallivant. No it's problem too, with that. It's too old. That's too good of an idea. I have also reached a point where I don't entirely believe half of these anymore. If we're reaching like Warner Brothers DC territory because like Pinocchio's oh, yeah. been in development forever. Peter mm-hmm. Pan's been in development forever. Lilo and Stitch has been said that that's happening. I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I, I mean, I'm not saying they're not going to do them. I'm just like, I kind of don't believe it until it actually gets to a certain point. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I mean, Rob, Robin Hood's one of those. I, I don't know. We should just keep it animated. Just keep it animated. We don't have to. I, don't, I got men if they, if they do the this, if they yeah. do this, if they yeah, do this, money, what, if they do this and it's received well and they decide to keep making these, then we're looking at live action rescuers down under. Oh, we're I don't looking, want that. No. Yeah. No, 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 right? no, 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 That's no, no. what I'm saying. But but if the anthropomorphic thing is received, then they'll James just, and the giant all of those ones that have been kind that of that is live action. They're not going to do anthropomorphic mm. uh, animal characters. If Robin Hood goes over, then they'll do all of them. Yeah. No. Um, okay. Say, God, Fox and the Hound. Be pissed. Well, that would be more like Lion King. I'm talking more like like the Great Mouse Detective. I'll take an Atlantis oh. live action remake. I'll take a yeah. Treasure Planet yeah. live action remake. Treasure Planet, too. Treasure Planet. Give it a big ass budget. Oh, dude, that'd oh be hell yeah! So cool. Yeah, that and Atlantis. Those are the only two that Disney needs to get to remake, and I'll everything else is fine. Do you so, know what? I would be totally okay with a really cool live action Meet the Robinsons that was like a better script. You know what? Yeah, me too. I'd be into that. That's not. That, I, I actually want. Man, I like that movie. It's not the best, but I still enjoy it. I have little arms and a big head. <laughs> the part of what it is is pretty good. Some of the stuff around it is a little weak. Yeah. All right. Uh, this one I know Ryan's going to know. Yeah. Okay. Do you I'm know the movie now. Cannibal Holocaust? Oh, yeah. This is the dumbest news I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> All right. Um, well, the, a video game company. Uh, wait, what was it? I had it. Um, Rival Games. Rival Games. <laughs> Rival Games. No. Um Oh, it's here somewhere. I'll read it. Anyway, so so a video game company is making a, mo- a game called Cannibal, which is a sequel to Cannibal Holocaust and the fourth film in the uh, Rogero Deodato trilogy. So Cannibal Holocaust is a 1980 film, Ben. Uh, you know, it came kind of weird. Uh, it's a very controversial film. I've seen it. I wonder why. Um, it's It's... It's a re- it's an early kind of like almost like Blair Witch movie, but um, uh, 
It's about cannibals. Like, no humans were hurt, but there were, they did harm animals in the making killed of the movie. Killed a lot of animals. The guy was brought up on charges because they thought they killed his, his like, cast. Yeah, oh. uh, yeah, they definitely didn't. All the human stuff. It, it, to be fair, it's re- it's a well-made cannibal movie. Like, it's it's horrific. But the mistreatment of animals mm. of animals is really hard to get through because, like, you see them kill animals on screen. It's just not It's just For, not cool. Not, and not nicely. And it's not oh. cool. Oh, no. um, yeah. It, it has some, like, really scary, strong imagery that, like, I still remember. I've only seen it once, like, almost, like, 15 years ago. But, like, yeah. it's it's controversial for a reason. Like, it it was almost ahead of its time with trying to be, like, a gore porn movie um, while also actually being gory because of animals. Yeah. Oh, well, that's um, that, then. Yeah. Well, anyway, so the new video game. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's considered no. to be the fourth part of the trilogy, which consists of 1977's Jungle Holocaust, 1980's Cannibal Holocaust, and 1985's Cut and Run. Um, it's being developed by Fantastico Studios uh, for the PC, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and the Nintendo Switch. Um, it's being produced from a script by Diodato, so he wrote a script out, and they're making a video game out of it. Um, and it will have players take control of various characters to reveal, little by little, the background that led them to a desperate expedition to the virgin jungles of Borneo. Um, the game intends to follow in the same vein of the original, honing in on, on, on some of the themes such as society's often hypocritical and cruel side. Um, so the little I've looked into this, because I was very interested, like, why the hell he'd want to make a video game, like, see his sequel He's made to five movies in three years. In 30 years. Yeah, um, so, like... He has a, a vision, a quote-unquote vision for this, but, um, like, the thing I looked up is it's going to be not like a Telltale game, but it's going to be more story-based and action-based because, like, you can't... The, the These movies aren't action movies. They're not about a bunch of people killing cannibals. It's about them, like... It's like a slasher movie. Like, they're slowly getting picked off and stuff like that. Um, so, like, it's going to be more story-based and action-murder-based. I'm still not interested. It still seems weird. The trailer's really bad, too. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't see the trailer. I only saw the news. It's, so it's the box art of the game, but it's just zooming in on a face. And it's like, from the guy who made Cannibal, zoom in on another part of the face. Blah, blah, blah. Zoom in on another part of the poster. Zoom out, poster. Weird. I'm good. Uh, uh, I, when I saw this news, I did think, boy, I would not be upset about the Romero films canon being continued in video game. That would yeah. be dope as hell. Um. Ooh, I want to say. Ooh, I'm not gonna look it up. I want to say there's a game that is tied to it, uh, but I don't remember. Yeah, that'd be cool, right? Yeah, that's more where I'd want to see the remote. I'd be that. Did you ever play the sequel to Evil Dead, the Evil Dead video game? I don't know. I never played it, but I heard it was pretty good. Oh no, you mean? I'm sorry. Do you say the game or the movie? There was a game. There was an Evil Dead video game. Do you mean like the Evil Dead, like Army of Darkness, like with Ash? Yeah, or I don't think like it was called. Pl- I, I don't you know. You play as Ash, and there was like a little Deadite boy that was with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, ooh, what was that called? I'm not. Sure. Yeah, I definitely know about the game. I don't know what it's called though. Yeah, I never played it. But I wanted to. It looked good. There and you then go. Evil Dead Regeneration. Okay, it is called Evil Dead. Okay, yeah. you're oh, thinking okay. of Evil Dead Re- Regeneration is the one we're mainly talking about. Okay. No, I never played this. Um. Okay. Moving on. Um. Movies. Movie news. Hellraiser is getting a remake. And yes, there is a video game tied to Land of the Dead. I think I played it. Called Land of the Dead Road to Fiddler's Green. I played a game. It's not very good. <laughs> I, I'd, I'd like a good one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what was the news? They were making a first-person shooter called City of the Dead. That was going to be based there, but it got canceled. Oh, okay. Oh, I'd play that. Uh, Hellraiser is getting a remake. 
I literally watched a, a, a half hour documentary today about the entire process of the franchise because, like, I really like that franchise. I really hope. Uh, you, can you tell me more? Tell me more, please. I'll tell you more. David Escoyer is writing the, is writing the story, not the script. David Escoyer is writing the story. Uh, David Bruckner, who directed The Night House, uh, he also directed some bits of VHS, the um, the um, anthology, the anthology horror movie. Um, he's directing it, and then Ben Collins and Luke. Piotrowski are writing the screenplay from David S. Goyer's story. Um, it, it's funny, yeah, like, like just literally like a couple hours before this podcast, I watched like the where the franchise is at now, and um, it started off as like this like Clive Barker passing project, and then this one dude who started as like a, like a assistant producer basically made his way to the top and got the rights and turned the franchise into shit. And it's like it's a weird story how like he loves his franchise so much, but. He's the ultimate villain because he doesn't understand what the franchise is about. So it's it's a perfect time for a remake. That is a truly cool s- series of movies, you guys. It's like it's about the blend of sexuality and pain and how they're intertwined. Um, and the Cenobites, you know, Pinhead, and they got the weird Cheddar monsters. Um, cool stuff. I like I like Hellraiser a lot. Clive Barker's cool. Sorry, guys. Uh, Zara's packing over there. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah, Hellraiser. Um, I never watched any of the Hellraisers. I was too scared as a kid, so I never got into it. Um, and I think now I'd probably be more interested in something like this, kind of a, a remake. See the, first two are, the first two are first two are the best, and they are super cool, super great. I knew I know that Henry Cavill's in one of them, isn't he? In like the third one or something like that? No, he's like in like six or seven. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I also know that the guy who plays the girl who plays Jedzia Dax in the uh, in Star Trek DS Nine is in one of them as a, I think a Xenobite. Xenobite. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I'd be interested in this. I, I like I, I kind of like the premise of the franchise, but I knew that the the direction of the franchise was not great. So yeah, um, this is for Ben. Um, Salem's Lot, the Stephen King adaptation. <laughs> um, <laughs> I got a little excited. I got no, I saw that. I saw that. Like, oh, something for me that I did not know. Oh, what's going on? And. Yeah, uh, Salem's Lot is an adaptation of the new Stephen King novel. Um, ben, can you tell us a little bit about Salem's Lot? Uh, apparently, a little uh, uh, a man by the name of Marshall Mathers grew up there. He can't grow old. He can't couldn't grow older, so he goes eight miles to become a rapper. Is that the is that eight mile? Yeah, yeah that was eight, eight miles. Mile. <laughs> Yeah, it, that's in the song, uh, Lose Yourself. It's like, I cannot grow old in Salem's Lot, so here I go as my shot feet fail me. Now this may be the only opportunity that I got, and then it goes into the chorus. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. That's not so, what it's called, what it's about. Okay. Um, Gary Dauberman has been signed on to direct. He's obviously the second, t- second time directing after he directed Annabelle Comes Home. And he's he the writer of Swamp Thing. He also worked on Swamp Thing. He's also the writer of all the Annabelle films and mm-hmm. some of the Conjuring films. So. Um, he is directing this adaptation of the CMAC novel. So it's exciting. I'd like to see this guy do more. I've seen both of the miniseries uh, that have come out. There's like one in the, the either 70s or 80s and then a more modern one. The modern one's not as good, but the, the original one is super spooky. Very spooky. It's about vampires, guys. Ben, you should have known that. You would think it's about witches. But, but no, it's about vampires. Vampires! Um, <laughs> all right, we all like Atomic Blonde. I think it's, we all saw it, right? I haven't seen it. No, it's fine. It's it's a really good action movie. That's about it. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Same. Well, there is a sequel coming out. Last time we heard about this, uh, David Leach, who was the director of, uh, was the director of obviously the first John Wick and Atomic Blonde, 
uh, Deadpool 2, uh, he said that a streaming service was, was interested in picking up the rights to Atomic Blonde 2. Well, now Netflix has come out and said they are, in fact, developing the sequel to Atomic Blonde. Um, with uh, Denver and Delilah Productions producing, this is important because they've produced Charlize Theron um, a couple of times recently with Bombshell, Longshot, and upcoming in the upcoming uh, adaptation of the Greg Rucka comic, The Old Guard. Mm, awesome. Um, for Netflix. So she will be partnering with them again, obviously reprising her role in Atomic Blonde for the sequel for Netflix. I think that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, that's definitely like not a bad movie by any means, but like, it's kind of just like John Wick with a, with a less personality, <laughs> but it, I think it almost looks better because it does focus on like the neon lights and like the more eighties aesthetic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Atomic Blonde's like a solid, solid, decent action movie and more Charlize Theron is good for me. Yeah. No word if David Leach will return to direct. It's probably unlikely. He doesn't seem oh. interested. Yeah. Um, but I think with the right director, you know, good stunts, good cast, this could be really cool. I agree. I think the cast of the first film was really good, too. I like John Goodman and uh, James McAvoy. Yeah. Um, all right. Comics news. There's a new comic book uh, trilogy of graphic novels coming out called House of L. It's a new graphic, knowledge, uh, graphic novel trilogy from Claudia Gray, uh, who we know from, the, who've written a bunch of the, four of the current Star Wars canon novels. Um, great writer. Uh, she is writing the series with uh, the art by Eric Zawadzki. Zaw hmm. uh, yeah. Sure. Um, this is a, the first volume will be out January 5th, 2020, and it is called um, House of L, Book One, The Shadow Threat. Gen so this book came out three months ago? 2021. Okay. <laughs> 2021, sorry. Okay. Um, this is what it has to say about the book. Zahn and Sarah are two very different people who, under Krypton's social norms, were never supposed to meet. Zon being a member of the planet's wealthy elite, and Sarah being one of the planet's soldiers. However, when mysterious earthquakes lead to panic and riots, the two join forces to uncover what's really going on, and along the way form a bond that will endure past the end of the world. All the while, Superman's parents and Krypton's top scientific minds, Jor-El and Lara-El, conduct a secret experiment meant to reform Krypton on a molecular level. Guys, who cares about any story that takes place on Krypton before it blew up? <laughs> um, these are like big, like three big graphic novels, kind of like like the, the yeah. Scott Snyder Batman book? Yeah, uh, more like the Superman versus the Clan. Oh, okay. Yeah. This sounds okay. Yeah, I'm into this. I like Claudia Gray. I'd be willing to, to read something like this. I, I think oh, yeah. Yeah. The idea is solid. Hell yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, Claudia Gray says, as a lifelong Superman fan, I've always wondered, how can this hyper-advanced planet with, with brilliant scientists be so unaware that they're on the brink of catastrophe? How Savelle is my chance to finally answer that question? Sounds like real life. Whoa. Oh, no. Oh. Yeah, I think this is cool. I'm, I yeah. like Claudia Gray. It's, I don't know if she's written much comics. I forgot to look at that. Um, I don't think so. But I'm in, intrigued to see where she could take this. Yeah, yeah. Um, she does great with politics when it comes to Star Wars, so hey, Superman politics, let's do it. That's your bread and butter. It is. Should be wearing the shirt. Um, speaking of uh, uh, DC, Stargirl had a trailer. Yeah. Oh, we're and in trailers. We're in trailers. Tra we're in the trailers, yeah. We're in the trailer park right now. Um, Stargirl had a new trailer out this week, a new TV spot. Uh, showed a bit more of the JSA, which I thought was cool. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so what, what, do th- what do we think about the show coming coming out? This is the CW show and the DC Universe show. It's going to air on both. Um, I think CW first and then DC Universe the day after. I don't feel right calling it a CW show because it's clearly not a CW show. It's just a DC Universe show airing on the CW because it looks way better. Yeah, it looks no offense to CW show. Quality wise. But it looks like it has a budget. Yeah. Yeah. That 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 uh stripes. Stripes, right? The robot. robot. That looks awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad Uh, like we're at the point where like DC comics and like the TV is like, yeah, it's a lot of big stupid robot man, dude. It's cool. We're at that point. I, I'd be worried that if they could do get a second season and it's on the CW, um, that they go with a CW budget. Yeah. Yes, I'm worried Ooh. about that. Did that happen uh, on Supergirl? That yeah, did happen on Supergirl. Over? Yeah, they, they, you see the – if you go back to Supergirl season one, because you guys have watched enough stuff recently on the CW, yeah. go back to Supergirl season one and just look at Martian Manhunter and you're like, oh, damn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I remember I, the first time I saw that I said, oh, damn. I remember. I believe I remember correctly. Red Tornado was in the first season. Yes, yes, he, he was. was. Yeah, like yeah. so good. And I'm like, no CW villain looks that good. No, <laughs> uh, it's well, not their fault. It's not their fault. They're not bad shows because they don't have the budget for it. It's just weird when you have something with so clearly a higher budget. Yeah, CBS. On- yeah, CBS's budget was like up here, and then when I went to CW, the budget was like down here now. And, you know, we're talking about, like, they're going to introduce the JS, the new JSA. They're going to reform the JSA, Stargirl and a bunch of other people, a bunch of other kids with stripes. And they're talking about the Injustice Society, a uh, bunch of kids doing that. So I'd be interested in seeing that. It looks fun. Yeah, I, like, I, like, um, I like JSA stuff, so I'll probably give this a shot. I like uh, Luke Wilson. Like, yeah. it's cool to see him in, in like, a, a superhero TV show. Yeah. This is the Cosmic Staff. Yes. Um, all right, Extraction. The new this is the new Russo Brothers movie, uh, Produ- produced produced movie uh, with Chris Hemsworth starring uh, for Netflix. Uh, this looks really cool. Yeah, it looks like a like a, a like this is the type of like brutal action that I like that I like in like the movies like The Raid and like uh, did Dread have brutal action? I don't remember. It's more a gun movie. Um, but like Dread like, had how- brutal action. Okay, like hardcore martial arts is like what I'm into, and like I love when when like Americans. Our American-made movies can be can focus on that instead of like shitty action that we normally get. Yeah, I I agree. I, you know, it's kind of like what makes the John Wick films so good yes. is the is the action for that. And this is directed by a stuntman. Yes, director. Yeah, it's his first movie, and you can tell the, the uh, action looks really good. Yeah, I I hope I just hope that Chris Hemsworth can have a character, some semblance of personality in the movie. Mm. I hope that that will shine through. We saw a three-minute trailer. I wouldn't bet it. I know. I think it's just going to be a decent action movie where he's a um, Mr. Military. Yeah, I'd like a little more than that if we can. Yeah. No, not only that, right? He's Mr. Military with a tragic backstory. Oh, it's true. It's brooding. Then everyone has a tragic backstory. That's how movies We're born with them. Maybe we're born with them. What happened to you? Maybe it's trauma. I ripped out of my mother's womb. What? (laughs) Yeah! Like that. <laughs> it was like the scene in Alien vs. Predator Requiem. Oh, okay. Speaking of ripping out of wombs, Midnight Gospel. You're right, that is next. <laughs> oh, good job. Uh, yeah, Midnight Gospel. That's the new Pendulous Award Netflix series um, animated. Uh, wow. That's my type of show, baby. Look, Adventure Time was always hinting at concepts this existential and big. 
and sometimes would run up to them, but usually have to back a little away. So I'm glad that Pendleton Ward's like, nah, I'm just going to go nuts. Yeah. And um, Duncan Trussell, who is a really great comedian, and also, like, like he hangs out with Dan Harmon a lot, so he was on Harmon Quest, the podcast, or Harmon Town. So, like, they would talk about, like, existential shit all the time. So it looks like he's bringing, like, his type of comedy and, like, weird view on life into the show, too. So I'm, I'm very excited. Yeah, this looks really cool. Yeah, uh, I like that. Our style. I've been meaning to get back into Adventure Time. I watched the first season like four times. I did too. <laughs> and, I, yeah. and then it never kept going for whatever no, reason. You gotta finish it. It's such a journey. But and adventure, even. Yeah, you're going to very distant lands. So, yes. not anymore with the ban to Europe. Fifty States of Fright. This is the new uh, Quibi trailer. What do we think about this one, guys? I think this looks fine, but it's on Quibi, so... Can, yeah. uh, uh, Brandon, I don't know if you'll get this, but Ben and Ryan, when we've gone to... No, you will get it, Brandon. Uh, when you go to Universal Halloween Horror Nights and you're standing in line and they have the screens playing the entertainment shorts, this yes. feels like that. Where I'm like, yeah, it's fine, but I wouldn't like necessarily go out of my way to seek it. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying like that's the quality level it feels like we're dealing with. Yes. And I'm like, well, I'm certainly not going to go out of my way to watch it on Quibi. Yeah. It is, it is, this is Sam Raimi's new show. Like, I'd be interested because of Sam Raimi, but like. But he's I just. Executive means... doesn't mean that he's got that much of a hand in it. Yeah, it's not but his I, show. I don't, I don't get Quibi's whole deal in the first place. And like, the fact that they launched now and they're not doing well because everyone's quarantined and nobody wants 10 minute long episodes, everyone wants something longer. So, yes, I. Uh... Because because obviously the Cortex, I watch a lot of videos. I watch one on Quibi. It's like the guy who made Quibi was like, there is there is a market that is unseen, and it is the short burst market. It's in between regular shows and in, in, but in between YouTube and regular TV, where people want five to ten minute stints of things. I don't, I don't. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I, I don't think that that market's as lucrative as they think it is. Um, because I feel like the production quality. Yes, they're getting like big name celebrities and, and involved in they stuff. They spent a like, billion it's, dollars it's, on it's, this. It's just barely above what really talented and capable YouTube videos can be, and we don't pay for those. And look, they look like Shutter original movies or like sci-fi original movies, which again, like they could be fine. I'm not going to watch a movie in 15 parts, and I'm not going to pay for a streaming service to do it. Yeah, it's just their whole market is just the idea is insane to me. I like mean, if I if I could say one decent thing about 50 states of fright if the title is isn't misleading at all and they are actually going to make 50 episodes each about each state's own urban legend i think that's actually kind of cool i do too i think that's like the only good thing about it but the fact that these things are only going to be 10 minutes long and it's on quibi a service i'm never gonna put money down for there was a I... show on stars there was an anthology show on stars i don't remember the title of it but it had it was I only remember, I don't know if you guys remember this, but I remember one episode specifically where it was about the dead the dead military uh, awoke and became zombies in order to vote. It was kind of this whole, it was kind of this like commentary on, uh, it was supposed to like commentary horror, um, <laughs> I forgot the name of it, but anyway, it was this anthology show. If you wanted to do something like that, like an anthology horror uh, uh, based around like the fifty states uh, mythology, uh, like the folklore of the fifty states, like some of that stuff seems really interesting. Like the ball of yarn, the person, the ball of yarn. I'd be interested in that, but I'd be more interested in that as thirty-minute long episodes rather than 
five to ten minute long episodes. Yeah, I mean, it can even be the ten episodes, like ten minute episode lengths. But the thing is, like, I'm not going to pay for a streaming service to watch that kind of content. Yeah, and I'm also YouTube that kind of content. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And also, if you're going to introduce the urban legend of at each one of the fifty states in the union, then ten minutes. I feel ten minutes isn't even long enough. Not even close. Because you need there. You have to like tell the legend, set shit up, and then tell the story. But you can't just like this is a legend. Quick bang, 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 bang. It's you're not. If you want to scare people with the show, a ten minute window isn't close. This is why I said that it's like uh, the Halloween Horror Night shorts. Yeah, very truncated little snippets of a story where it's like, yeah, all that care, all that matters is the present scare, not lore, not history, not a uh, plot beyond the moment. Yeah, and um, I want and for urban legends involving like I want to know what the biggest urban legend in California is. I want to know that lore and history, but I'm not going to get it. Uh, Masters of Horror. That's the series I was talking about. Um, it was a stars it was a stars anthology um sorry showtime anthology series uh by uh mick mick garris it's pretty good stuff there's some good stuff Uh, yeah i i just we talked about this when disney plus was coming out and its price point was so low i cannot to myself justify a streaming service that costs the same as disney plus that gives me this kind of content yeah i can't and it's all uh, yeah. it is all original content on Quibi, which I mean that is kind of cool, but like there's not enough to sustain it sustain it right now because it just launched. No. And they have like you know, they can have like what 10, 12 shows, and it's like, yeah, but that's only like a couple of a few hours of content. Yeah. The 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 biggest thing I've seen was like there's the Chrissy Teigen, like Judge Chrissy Shaw or whatever it's called, where yeah. she's it's like a Judge Judy show. But it's it's a ten minute, so it's an entire uh, court session in less than ten minutes. And I don't know if you guys know, but if you ever watch any like an old Judge Judy, Judge Roy Brown, any of these shows, those shows are are not ten minutes long; they're longer. It's hard to introduce the plaintiff and and the defendant, and like I don't know anything about lawyer stuff. Like introduce the entire cast, go through all of their motions and denials, and then get to the verdict in ten minutes or less, and actually be have to be compelling because you're trying to tell an entire story on both sides of these people in less than ten minutes. That's nuts. That is it's too fast. You don't have time. There's no reason no. to it. Uh, I, was, I, was, um, I was just looking at this at the episode list for Masters of Horror. There was this one that I remember specifically called Deer Woman. It was about a woman who's also part deer, and it's deer woman. weird. Um, and I remember it very, very vividly. I remember a lot of these episodes because I watched them on Showtime. Um, and I was like, oh, yeah, totally. Uh, written by, oh, Max Landis and directed by John Landis. Hey, they can be talented still. <laughs> yeah, not every, like, I still like Chronicle. Yeah, Chronicle's dope. Yeah. I still liked Green Valley. Yeah. Cool. Yo, American Alien is really, really good. I hate it when oh. good writers turn out to be assholes. Horrible, horrible True. person, but really good writer. All right, True. shall we Shall we move on? Oh, that's true. I, I, did have one, I did have one thing to say about Midnight Gospel, but you guys yeah. kept going. No, uh, this is my whole thing about Midnight Gospel. Smoke weed every day. That's it. Oh, yeah. Bro, that's not weed. That's acid. Yeah. <laughs> that's way more than weed. I'm like, I don't know what weed you're smoking, buddy. It's not the right amount. <laughs> right. All right. Um, so, uh, Danny, Danny, it's James Bond time. Oh, my God. We all definitely saw the new James Bond movie. We Double definitely credit. saw. Nobody dies today. No time to die. So full spoilers for No Time to Die, guys. We are the only people in the world again. I don't know how this happens. Uh, guys, go out to your theaters. Just watch these movies. It's, it's safe out there. Um, go out, watch, <laughs> watch No Time to Die. So full spoilers for No Time to Die. Uh, starting now, if you don't want to know anything about that movie, uh, keep listening because you're not going to find out anything anyway. <laughs> 
All right, no time to die. Let's get into our initial thoughts. Uh, ben, why, why don't you go first? Oh, is it because I'm like right next to you on the screen that I'm always yep. going for? Okay. Uh... <sighs> All right, Sparks, Actually... you go first. <laughs> I got it. I'll go. Ryan, go first. I think this was a great way to end the James Bond saga. Okay. Sparks. I thought it was really bold, especially what they did with James Bond. And the future of the franchise is completely open. So I, I think the movie overall is too long, and I think there's too much plot happening. But I think it's an interesting direction they chose to take. And I'm interested to hear what you guys have to say about it. I mean, I agree with him. I thought it was a really bold way to close the James Bond story because I personally went into it expecting them to kill him. And I'm glad that they saw that through. Yeah, he dies at the end of this movie. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. I can't believe it. It's awesome. I can't believe that they wiped out pretty much the entire running cast that isn't Money Penny and Q. And then Lashana Lynch. I this this uh, I need to hear your guys' opinions first before yeah. we keep going about the plot. Ben, yo, so plot part for so I don't know what it was about the plot. I mean, I was I was trying to be invested, but there are times I'm just like, I feel like I'm that uh, that one scene in my Python where they just go get on with it. I'm sorry, Ben. Did you watch Spectre? <laughs> I felt like there are times I felt like about don't get me wrong. The action scenes when the action scenes did happen, oh, that was some good shit. It felt like the worst parts of Spectre and like the best parts of Casino Royale put into a yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I question the the the, the uh, I question killing M because we just got this new M, just what just one movie ago. So we've only really had a movie with Ray Fiennes as M. This um, honestly, this felt like like a backdoor pilot for like almost a different franchise. And I, and I liked it. I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's going to really be jarring to the audience. Yeah. Put it, burn as, everything around. As a Bond purist, uh, I definitely agree with that. Yeah. Uh, because as you know, I, I, I'm a, I love James Bond. I'll watch every James Bond movie. Um, and I don't mind killing Bond. I think that's a really bold, bold move, especially if you follow through and the next one is not a sequel uh, or, mm-hmm. or a, or a remake or a reboot or whatever the hell you call them. Um, and it is just like, hey, we're going forward with Lashana Lynch. Lynch as so you mean, like, yes, a sequel, but not a relaunch of James Bond. Yes, that's what I mean. Like, yeah. if we don't get another James Bond after this, and we're just now doing Lashana Lynch's 007, like, that, all fine with that. Um, I agree. But I'm going to miss my boy. And I don't think that, I don't think that M should have died. I think the, the only, he's the only one that, like, I like the Q lived, I like the Money Penny lived, but I would have liked also M. And again, it's just because we only had one movie with Ray Fiennes as M so far, and and uh, basically like one and a half with him as M. And I would have liked to see more with him. Yeah, because Judy Dench, she died in Skyfall, right? And she was M for, uh, oh, she's M for most. Of, she was M for all of Brosnan's and all of Daniel Craig's, uh, most of Daniel Craig's, except for Spectre. Yeah. yeah, and this one. And this one, and so I would have liked to have seen like, you know, Ray Fiennes kind of get that get that motion to be M for that long. I guess I don't. Uh, I don't feel any real strong association to Ralph, to, to Ray Fiennes as, as M. Like, beyond just recognizing who M is as a character, his specific version, I'm like, I I didn't care. I didn't care that he died. Just the way that the film presented it. Partially because Spectre bored me. <laughs> so I just, I don't, have a, I don't have a lot of investment in it. And I'm fine with the fact that it, it looks like they're kind of changing what MI, what the MI6 is going to even be. So wiping out M makes sense. Well, yeah. I've always said I've always said that Bond, 
has a hard time living in the modern day because of just what we deal with. Like our spy networks are so different than what they were in the sixties and seventies. And it almost felt more like a mission impossible movie. Yeah. And I think moving bond into the mission impossible. Yeah. I I think moving bond into that kind of direction is good for bond and could re-energize bond and bond as a character doesn't fit in that, in that mold. So moving away from him in that direction is a good idea. I've always said, if you want to keep going with Bond, you do it in the past. I don't think he exists. I don't think he should exist in the present day anymore. Right. So it's not, it's not really moving forward with Bond. It's moving forward with double O agents. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, one of the people I absolutely loved in this film was Rami Malek's Dr. No. Yeah. Oh, spoiler alert. Yeah, he's Dr. No. Yeah, he's totally Dr. No. But not only is he Dr. No, they did what they, I feel like they took Dr. No and what they should have done with Bola in, or whatever his name was. um, Blofeld? Thank you, Blofeld's character. Inspector. Bola. I love it. <laughs> I can't, I can't, it's been a long time. No, it's okay. okay. So in the original Doctor No, when he meets James Bond, he says, forgive my not shaking hands, Doctor, because he lost his hands. He has robot hands. They kept that. And he can't come that. He looks at him and, and uh, like James is like, well, it'd be like very ungentlemanly if you're not to shake hands with a worthy adversary. He's like, forgive my not shaking hands, Mr. Bond. And then he dies. Yeah. Um, do you guys know who, what Rafe Fine's son's name is? Quibbly. Hero finds. How do you spell it? H E R O. Damn it. Your name is Rafe and you spell it like Ralphie. What are you doing? <laughs> His name is Hero Finds Tifton. That's pretty cool. All right. Yeah, it's pretty cool, isn't it? <laughs> uh, I think it's really cool because I wonder if this was like like them like acknowledging the audience and so many people didn't like Spectre that they have Dr. No kill Blofeld. They could like yeah. Trying to get Blofeld's up, and then once he was done with him, he killed Blofeld, and that's a power move. And I think Doctor No is actually a way better villain in this franchise. Uh, I still think Remy Redemout's pretty good. I think he's underutilized. I think he should have been in the movie more. I was actually shocked how little he was in the movie, well, except for like the last part of the movie. I was surprised that what it was is that Blofeld had escaped and killed M, and then that's when Doctor No came in and killed him. And that felt like I, I was like, it was a mix of I'm happy, but I'm sad because why are we doing this double yeah. turn of who's the big bad and that kind of yeah, thing? Because like, this is Christoph Waltz, but I did not like Spectre. Yeah. And yeah. I don't like I don't like Christoph Waltz as Blofeld either. Like I like Christoph Waltz, but I don't like him as Blofeld. So yeah. so it's good they killed him probably. And yeah. I'm I'm happy that they were just like, okay, we're done with this this version of the character. If if a Blofeld ever comes back in the franchise, it'd probably hopefully be a little bit more uh, attuned to what he should be. But this, this like, I may be your brother, I may not be Blofeld. No, I'm good with Adam. Yeah. Uh, I did not care for Swan having been uh, in Doctor No's pocket the whole time, even carrying over from the previous film. Yeah. Uh, well, isn't that like... That's the Craig Bond. That's the Craig Bond credo. Like we're all connected, man. Look, understand that it's just when when we were seeing the trailers and the marketing, and it was saying uh, that she had a big secret, and it was going to be the the a big turn, a heel turn that would lead to his death, which it does uh, in the film. I didn't want it to be as simple as well. She's associated with Doctor No. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. They 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 make it more dramatic than it is. Like. She, she was basically like a henchwoman and she made some mistakes and she's trying to like bury the past. But like, if this is supposed to be like the last James Bond movie, like the stakes don't feel high enough for like this ultimate betrayal. Feels like you did some bad shit. No, I get it. I've done bad shit. I'm James Bond. Uh, like yeah. I didn't feel the drama was was fully there. So uh, sorry for Swan, but I think Anna de Armas is the, is the scene stealer in this movie. I don't I agree. love stories work, work well in Bond movies. He's, he... 
He likes to sleep I around. I don't think they work, and I don't think this one worked either. Yeah. Are you telling me that On Her Majesty's Secret Service is not a good Bond movie? <gasps> I am not applying this to all Bond movies, but I am applying I it am. to most. I, I don't care. It did, <laughs> most love stories in Bond movies are written poorly. I think On Majesty's Secret Service is a terrible movie. Um, I this, said most. This is a this is a, a, a better Die Another Day in a way. Because um, Die Another Day was built to give Halle Berry a spinoff film as Jinx. That's, um, that, that part's true. This is, this is a movie basically built to give uh, LaShonda Lynch a spinoff series in a way. And I think she's great. And I would absolutely, yeah, I would love to see a LaShonda Lynch 007 movie going forward. You know what? I would like to see it too. I'm, 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 the audience connects with it. Also, like, also I'm tired of old man Bond. Like, that's why I want Bond so badly in the sixties. Like I'm tired of, I'm getting too old for this guys. You're a dinosaur from a different, shut up. Bond is a sexy young man. There's there's some parts where Daniel Craig just feels like he doesn't care. Yeah. I started to feel a little Bruce Willis-y from him. Yeah. Where it's just like, man, I don't feel like your heart's here. Do you guys remember before this movie even was being filmed, he was like, yeah, I would cut my throat before I would film another James Bond movie. Yeah. I would slash my own wrist before I did another movie, like jokingly. Uh, And then like they paid him. Like it feels like Jennifer Lawrence in the X Men movies were like, oh, she's there for a paycheck, all right. Well, oh, but, yeah. well, uh, Craig was always signed up for five Bond films, and then he was going to be out. Um, yeah. It's just the fifth Bond film was supposed to come out before now. Um, Sp- uh, Skyfall came out later than it was supposed to, so that extended his time on the franchise. So he w- he was kind of get a little weary by that point. By that yeah. point. Um, so um, I thought it was really dope that Anna de Armas wasn't the love interest because I fully expected him to like to get away from Swan and fall in love with Anna de Armas because that's what he does. He falls in love with young, beautiful women and like, oh, she's she gonna die? No, she's cool. She's competent. Uh, he tries to hit on her and she's like, no, 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 James. And he's like, cool, I respect it. And then they do some teaming up. I thought she was a good aspect of the movie. I she's a, she is a good Bond girl. I definitely want her to be in the Lashana Lynch film yeah. where they're teamed up together. Dude, they had some good scenes together too where like. They're never. It's like a, it's like a Disney thing. They're never gonna put Finn and Poe together. But it's like, oh, you guys got some chemistry. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I I don't know if I was like reading between the lines a little too much, but it's like, are they? I think it's there for fun to be like. I would buy that Sony would do it before I would buy that Disney would do it. Oh, 100%. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I I I think that that would be a really good a really good place to do it. And going back to what Daniel Craig's performance, um, I think he's. I think he's always been a good Bond. Um, I've just never liked that since Quantum of Solace, they've played up the fact that he was an old man Bond. That's why I always, I always, I always shied away from the Idris Elba as Bond because he was too, he was old. And if we did an Idris Elba as Bond, he would be the old man Bond again, and just be like, I, I'm getting too old for this shit, and I, I don't I like agree. that Bond. I agree, except for Skyfall, where I felt like it was part of the story, so it worked. It I wasn't agree. Like a gimmick, it was like this is a point of why this story is happening to you yeah. is because you are old. And yeah. I'm like, okay, and, that now, and because of that, I think Skyfall is an incredible movie. Um, but when we kept it up, that's when it got tiresome. Let's be honest. Like I, I enjoyed this one more than Spectre, but let's be honest, the Daniel Craig bonds and maybe bond itself should have stopped at Skyfall. Yeah. It just, in the modern age, it wasn't going to get better. It just wasn't. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think Skyfall is a great movie. Yeah. Like like that kind of film, that was that was pinnacle James Bond. James Bond is over now. 
for the modern age, it's and done. I, I now think, it's Mission yes. Impossible. Now it's different kinds of movies like that, which Lashana Lynch can have as yes. a different double O agent. But like James Bond hit his peak at Skyfall. That was it. Like if they if the next movie was just called 007, and it, it was it was a relaunch with Lashana Lynch and whatever her I don't remember her character's name unfortunately. Um, I think that would be a a really cool approach. I don't think they're gonna do it. I think this was a good send off for James Bond because of the incredible cameo that I'm glad no Nomi. one's talked about yet. What's her name? Nomi. Nomi. That's right. Okay. Yeah. The Sean Connery is in this movie for like 10 <laughs> seconds. And I thought um, it was, it was super cool. Cause one, he hasn't acted since league of extraordinary gentlemen uh, killed him. Um, but him being like a bartender when James asked for like a drink and like, he gives like, like almost like a little subtle nod. Like, I know what you like. I'm like, was that too much for you guys? Or did you like it? Cause I thought it was cute. Uh, in, in any other situation, it might have been too much for me, but because it was Sean Connery who hasn't come back for shit yes. for so long, I was like, all right, all right. Again, like, yeah, right. like the start of the franchise and the end of the franchise in a way. There was a, there was a, a, a poster going around a long time ago, um, before Skyfall, and it was Sean Connery, and it was old, it was an old James Bond, and Daniel Craig is the young James Bond. I've always hated the fan theory that James Bond is a title passed down. I've always hated that. I like uh, it. Uh, and that's purely coming from me as like, I, I can suspend disbelief and say this is the same guy. Yeah. Um, but when the, when I saw that poster, I was like, you know what? I'd watch it if it was, if it was new James Bond having to track down old, old bad guy, James Bond. And I would yeah. have liked to have seen, I still would like to see that. And I, and seeing him in this movie kind of brought back those memories. So I was a little disappointed to see him as a cameo and not as like the main villain. Yeah. He's just but, like a bartender. <laughs> yeah. But it has nothing to do on the film. It is just my own kind of like 20 year long hype for this, for this idea uh, yeah. was reignited when I saw that. I was like, Oh, remember that thing. what do you think, Ben? Well, the Sean Connery cameo definitely threw me for a loop. I, I was, I wasn't expecting that, but I'm like, Oh shit. That's, that's Sean Connery. I, but oh man, refresh, like he does. Does he talk in the movie? He does talk in the movie, right? He literally like James Bond goes up and asks for a drink, and and Sean Connery's like, "I got you, don't worry," or like whatever he says, basically like oh, acknowledging, he's, like, he's, "I know who you are." Yeah, he's like, "I know what you like." Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. basically that. Yeah. I I just saw that as like a nod, as like, "Hey, we know, we know um, how big this actor is, so we just, man, how much money do you think they give him?" For if that? you're killing Bond, by the way, if you're killing Bond. I'm okay with you going further and having Timothy Dalton and George Lazenby there too. Ooh, I think be, uh, I think that might be too far. I think I think so. I think so. But also, I'm okay with it because if you're going to kill him and you kind of have like not I'm like not, not like not, interactions. I'm sorry. Right? I'm just like I'm picturing it as like they're in the bar. Sean Connery mixes the drink. He goes over to a table. It's Timothy Dalton, George Lazenby, and Pierce Brosnan sitting around. And I'm like, that's that. Then too it becomes much. like 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 a TV movie like yeah. and not like this felt like really like sweet and not like not even a callback to James Bond. More to like Sean Connery because like he helped start this thing. Mm -hmm. See, but my whole thing is like if you're gonna do if you're gonna do that. Honestly, like I'm okay with the other with with the other way too. Like, yeah, it's too much. But me being who I am, I would just kind of I would just be okay with it. I w it wouldn't take me out of the movie personally. Yeah. Obviously, it's good that they didn't because there's probably no scene that you could write that would make it organic. But mm -hmm. I would have I would have been interested in seeing something like that. I feel you. This isn't Doctor Who. <laughs> it's true. It doesn't, it's not it doesn't work the same way. Like <laughs> that that would pull me out. I'm like. 
I'm seeing a moment because it's all the James Bonds. Nope. No. Yeah, nope. We, we talked about how those moments, like Chewie giving being given the medal in Rise of yeah. Skywalker, is only there for the fans yeah, and not the fans. for the story. Yep. Um, yeah. So, like, obviously, we've seen it done horribly. Um, but I, I just I wouldn't have done, a problem with it. Yeah, I don't think this one was done bad. Like Sean Connery, just like the set before Bond can say Apple Martini shaken not stirred. Um, Sean Connery goes shaken, correct? And then he's like. Yeah. Did you say like, apple martini? What, what kind of martini it's was it? It's a vodka martini. Oh, thank you. Vodka martini. I don't... God. It's trying to be more healthy, adding apples. It's a martini. He, before he could say vodka martini, shaken, not stirred, he goes, shaken, right? And then there he is, and he's like, shaking the drink. And there you go. Yeah. I thought <laughs> there that you was, go. Yeah, I thought that was that was a, a nice little nod, because he, he was the one who was... He was the first James Bond, so... I, I was like, okay. In that, many people's eyes, the best. Yeah, many people's eyes, the best. Yeah. Uh, what was another thing about the movie that I, I love really... that Aston Martin? Who doesn't? Yes, of course. What'd you guys think of the way that that Bond died with them battling at the ice and him having fallen in the water and when he reaches up and pulls Doctor No down and they both drown? Very, very Sherlock Holmes. Oh. And I liked that because Sherlock Holmes. Uh, dies in a very similar way in Reichenbach Falls when he mm-hmm. takes uh, Moriarty with him. Yeah. Uh, so kind of have like, you know, Dr. No coming, we talked about the Sean Connery moment bringing full circle, but having Dr. No as a villain brings the, brings the franchise full circle in a way yeah. that you, know, you don't even expect. So having like, well, yeah, Dr. No's not his arch nemesis. It was always Blofeld in the originals. Uh, it does kind of like have this moment of catharsis and now we kind of end where we begin together. Exactly, like, Mori- yeah. like Moriarty and Sherlock, and of course, oh, the ice is, well, like right when the ice is cracking, that's when No delivers the line of "Forgive my not shaking hands." The ice cracks right when he goes down. He reaches and grabs Bond and drags him under with him. Yeah, I, I liked it. It's like I said, I like the Sherlock Holmes uh, uh, illusion illusion to yeah. it. I think I think it's actually a really like like it's a really like what's not sweet but like it's it's a very personal moment that's what i'm thinking of these two guys like they've been fighting on the ice so there's there, there's no one for like a mile right and the ice keeps cracking and like they both kind of know what's about to happen but they're still fighting because like this is what else are you gonna do and like when they like dr no yeah he does the line with like uh, forgive me my arms and he pulls him under and james almost like accepts it because like he wasn't gonna get out of this no matter what so like this is the only way to go is by defeating my, my enemy and i thought that was kind of mm-hmm. cool i i really want to hit on what you said because you said like it's a very personal conclusion and so it does work for me in that aspect but i don't feel like their relationship up to that point in the film is very personal yeah they're trying really hard and it isn't working just like inspector <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah again like the action all the action in this movie is phenomenal but then like a lot of the plot stuff i was like this is like almost like specter part two so like i am of- happy i am very happy that when you bring back q um we've got, you got gadgets back now the Daniel Craig films have been really bad about doing gadgets. They don't do like you know laser laser watches or or, or invisible cars. They don't do anything like that, and that's a bummer. But whatever. Modern day spy movies are much more boring. Um, but uh, I do. Impossible. Mission Impossible has cool gadgets. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, uh, that's why I like the Kingsman films and the Mission Impossible films because they have really cool gadgets. Yeah. Um, so, but but it was nice to kind of have like you know what would be a a a a kind of like modern day gadget type thing. Uh, so I was happy to bring back gadgets with, with Q. I like the girl. I like the guy who plays Q, Ben Wishall, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. He's really good. He's a good Q. Yeah. I'm glad that he'll be Paddington. I, I would like to see him in the next one for sure. Me too. Me too. Uh, yeah. It's not yeah. my favorite Bond film, but it's it, no, yeah. it's not, it's, it's not the worst of the Craig films. It's, it's uh, definitely, it's, it was a little refreshing after Spectre, but at the same time, there are times where I'm watching this movie. I'm like, um, it reminds me of Spectre and that I get to the good stuff. Get on, like, get on with it. I think it clears the bar of Spectre. All right. Uh, but that's not a very high bar. It still doesn't hit Casino Royale, and it doesn't certainly doesn't touch Skyfall. Yeah, no, no. no. I, will I, say I think any Bond film would be difficult to touch Skyfall. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. Like it's that's peak. It, yeah. it will it will never be better. <laughs> I'm just I guess I'm glad this is the movie it ends on and not Spectre and not Spectre because yeah, I am too because one it is an ending to this Bond and it's potentially a lead into a cool new version of Bond. It's Ooh. very weird to have seen a Bond film actually have an ending ending yes and not like a leap yeah not movie. not like a uh you know off into the sunset kind of thing with yeah. james like it's it's this yeah, cause, it's done because normally i mean back in the brosnan era because the, the bond the bond films end with like someone trying to call it he hangs up and he's with the bond girl then it just pans out and there's like yeah, a right but i mean i mean even more specifically yes just in the context of all the bond films where i'm speaking even just like the last the actor's last bond films and this one just the ending of Die Another Day is disgusting. I was just thinking about it. Yeah, she's got the she's got the she's got the diamond in her belly. He's like, no, keep it in a little longer, James. Oh God. What? Oh yeah, diamond face. People got mad at Kingsman for doing the anal joke at the end, but like <laughs> Die, Die Another Day was the worst one for Brosnan to go out on for sure. Yeah, yeah. As a he, big fan of Pierce Brosnan's James Bond, I'm really sad that was his last. Me too. Yeah. He made some really good movies. Some really good. He really movies. did. He really did. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Tomorrow Never Dies. Me too. Me too. Oh, that's my favorite one. Goldeneye is incredible. I think Goldeneye is incredible too. I don't think Tomorrow Never Dies gets quite the attention it deserves. That's, Mark, that is uh, that is um, Zod is the bad guy, right? Tomorrow Never Dies is yeah. Yeah. Um, Martin Campbell directed uh, Goldeneye, Wait, and Don, then like, don't you mean don't you mean uh, Jonathan Pierce? No, no, Terrence Stamp, right? No, uh, Jonathan Price. Jonathan Price has never been a Bond villain. Yeah, he is. I know that for sure. That we're talking about the same one where. Wait. It's Wait not a minute. T- Hold on, Brandon. It is Terrence Stamp, and Tomorrow Never Dies, right? I'm pretty sure. Okay. Uh oh. Bond talk. Okay, Goldeneye, by the way, was actually written for Timothy Dalton, but he passed. Oh. Um. Uh, Martin Campbell directed uh, Co- uh, Casino Royale and Goldeneye. Yeah. Two, of, two of the best Bond movies, maybe. And yeah, uh, yeah uh, it is. Best Jonathan of Zorro. Price. Jonathan Price is Elliot Carver. Damn, dog. You just got schooled. Stephen King and Bond expert over okay, here. Okay, but Terrence Stamp is a bad guy in a Pierce Brosnan one, right? I don't uh, know. I'm looking at Terrence Stamp. This is thrilling audio. Are you talking? Hold on. Wait, it could be... I always get it mixed up with... Um... How the hell do you pronounce Terrence? How do you spell Terrence? T-E-R-R-E-N-C-E. Yeah, E-R-A-N. E-N, okay. Uh, Jesus. Um, yeah, what am I trying to say? Uh, right, so Bond, um, Pierce Brosnan, was actually not supposed to be recast after Dying of the Day. Uh, he was contracted for a sixth Bond movie, but they decided to go against his contract and actually ca- and re- recast the role as uh, Daniel, as with Daniel Craig. 
and uh, he didn't find out until he was watching the morning show, and they announced his casting. He's been he's been kind of bitter about it ever since. Oh, that's fair. Um, actor... But then he made The Matador, so hell yeah, I love that movie. And uh, what was the other one? After the Sunset. Yeah, both those movies are really good. Matador's dope. Matador is dope. Uh... Greg Kinnear. Greg Kinnear. I don't think Terrence Stamp was a Bond villain. Wow, wow. Well, I remember. Good job, Ben. You beat them all. Wow. <laughs> his thing up now. Um, what was the villain in Everything or Nothing? Which which was the one with the with the nuclear with the nuclear bomb? I don't know. Doug. With the nuclear submarine. Oh, um, what's his name? Um, Sala from Indiana Jones is in it. Uh, oh, uh, Russ, uh, um, oh, wasn't that the guy with the bullet in his head? Yeah, is that Tomorrow Never Dies? No, that's not Tomorrow Never Dies. Is, is that Everything or Nothing? No, that's not Everything or Nothing. Guys, this is thrilling. <laughs> it really is. Whatever. They don't have to listen to this anymore. <laughs> um, should we move on to our book club, though? Wait, we gotta rate it. Oh, yeah, we do gotta rate it. Yeah. Uh, okay, you go first, Ryan, since you oh. started this. Okay, uh, I'll give it a 7.5. I think it's a very good action movie, but a pretty uh, a boring uh, a talky movie. Alright, 7.5. 7. Yeah. Uh, ben, since Sparks uh, is on the interwebs? I'll give it a 6.5. Uh, 6.5. I mean, the action is great, but still, it's just get on with it. Hurry it up. Yeah, I feel that. Um, <laughs> Sparks, what do you want to rate it? Uh, I rate it a seven. Yeah. Seven? Um, yeah, you know, like, I like a lot of aspects about what it means to the franchise, and I like that it's an ending, but I don't love a lot of its content. Okay, so I'm thinking about the world is not enough, and that's Robert Carlyle as the as the Bond villain, not Terrence yep. Stamp. Oh that was uh, Rubble Still, yeah, Rubble Still Skin. Yeah. Okay, I give it a seven seven point five. Also, I like this movie. It's better than Spectre. Uh, yeah. Not as good as Casino Royale or Skyfall. Not even. But you know, it's a good Bond movie. Good Quantum movie to go Solace. out on. Nope. Nope. <laughs> better than Quantum of Solace. <laughs> yep. Uh, all right, so we get into our book club. Quantum of Solace truly is the Iron Man two of James Bond. That's such an insult. <laughs> Some would say even the Thor of the Dark World. Oh. I'd, I'd go more with Iron Man 2. It's trying to set up a lot of crap that doesn't mean anything. That's fair. Hey, welcome to the Fake Nerd uh, Comic Shop. Yeah, hi. Um, Do you have any books? Uh, can you be a little more specific? Um, Anything readable? Um, Okay, let's go into our book club. Ryan... Take it away. Where am I taking it to? Book club. Oh, I thought you were gonna take me like through a location. Oh wow, Jonathan Price <laughs> just looks a lot like Terrence Stamp in that movie. Yes. So my book that I picked this week was the October 2010 Chaos War, which was a big Marvel event um, written by uh, Greg Pak and Fred Van Lenty, and it is drawn by his great name is right here. You guys, I got it right here. Hold on, babies. It is. I can't. It's right here. I got it. Boy, this is good audio, eh, Ryan? <laughs> no, at least I'm talking. Uh, it's Toy Fam. Uh, he doesn't have a Wikipedia because he doesn't have a lot of work done. But I, I like this book a lot because, one, it focuses on Hercules, who I love, who is a uh, comic book character who is not around right now. Um, actually, he showed up in some issue. But um, this was a big cosmic event, and I love the Marvel Cosmic Universe. Um, 
this era of Marvel is my favorite. Uh, everyone has their own era, like when they grew up, and it's their favorite. But like this core cast of characters, like Amadeus Cho, is so cool and funny. Um, this is about the end of the universe and Hercules turning into a giant super god to fight the little uh, ex existence itself. This is when, some... uh, that era when Bucky was Cap, right? Yes. And uh, Steve was there still too. Yes, he was just uh, Super Soldier Steve yeah. Rogers. Mm -hmm. I got um, some uh, like... Gurren vibes here. Sure, oh, yeah. sure. Yeah, oh, yeah. At the yeah. end, at the end, there with the two fight with the two big guys fighting. Oh yeah, yeah uh, they're not throwing galaxies at each other. But no, yeah. uh, I I think this book is just so much fun. Like when I when I think of comic books, this is the type of thing I read. I think about like like uh, the the God Squad. You have like Galactus and like and you have like all of these like uh, pantheon of gods trying to fight the the embodiment of nothing. Uh, like before there was Null the Oblivion King and before Secret Wars and all that stuff, like this was the big bad, uh, the Chaos King. And I just think it's a really fun story about Hercules being a big lovable oaf who's basically just a dude who works at a, a, a renaissance fair. Uh, and Amadeus Cho, his BFF and his Medusa girlfriend, I think it's a lot of fun. What you guys think? I had no idea. Uh, like I know who Amadeus Cho is, but I had no idea about this era of Amadeus Cho. Yeah, no, last time I. I saw him, he was Hulk. So Yeah, this is, this is like years after. Oh yeah, yeah. Amadeus uh, Cho being Hulk is years after this. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went out because I only knew of Amadeus Cho as Totally Awesome Hulk. I didn't know he was in the Marvel Marvel Pantheon before this. Yeah, so Greg. Well, Pack I knew and, that. I knew that he was part of the yeah, Pantheon. Uh, Greg Pak and Fred Van Lente were writing the Incredible Hercules, which was the Incredible Hulk book that got transformed into Incredible Hercules for a couple arcs because Hulk. Uh, had World War Hulk happen, and then he was out of the picture for a while because uh, what do you do after he tries to take over the world? Uh, so they turn Hercules into the main hero, uh, and he does he deals with a lot of like eternal stuff and like God stuff, and then Chaos War is kind of like their big like Donny Cates's um, uh, Maximum Carnage. What was the miniseries called? Absolute Carnage. Absolute Carnage. Like this is like this is like 2010's Absolute Carnage. We're like we're taking our series and making it this big thing where everyone's involved. Uh, and from page one, uh, the scope is huge, and I just think this book is really fun like the epitome of comic fun can you can you answer a question for me that i've always been confused about yeah the eternals what are the difference between the eternals and the gods eternals were were people Ooh. eternals i believe were experimented on much like the inhumans but way before then um they're just another group of gods like there's no real difference but they're they have like, they have names like like they have names like uh, Hermes Cersei. And, and Cersei, and like they have. Well, Hermes, those... like all the pantheons of, of mythology are in this book. But like, like yeah. they are not. They're not technically part of like a pantheon. They they're called godlings. They're basically demigods. Uh, they they were experimented on by by the Celestials. Okay, so because Hercules is in the Eternals movie, and the rumor is that he's going to be an Eternal. So not... that's speculation. There's a character called Gargamel who is the first. Who's the the first hero is what he's called, and the first hero is Hercules. So uh, I assume they this might be combining the two characters of Hercules and Gargamel, but that's just speculation. I see. Okay, yes. I was just curious because I remember our talks from like the Eternals movie, uh, yes. and like what because the the Marvel comics recently and like DC comics also they don't dive too heavily into like other pantheons that aren't like the main pantheons of like Greek, Greek or Norths. Yeah. They don't really do a lot with those other things. So I was always kind of um, like confused about like what, what fell into what category when. Yes. Like that. It, it, yeah. Um, yeah. The Eternals are basically just like, like demigods. Just like they were experimented on by the Celestials millions of years ago. That's all. Yeah. And they're, they're in this book. And I thought that was cool. I like, I like the, the connection that Gaia is the mother of all the gods instead of mm -hmm. just yes. like, the 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 Greek pantheon. I thought that yeah. was cool. Like when you see when we get to Hawaii, we see Pele, and she's like, "Well, she, I know where it has this, but you know where it has Gaia." It's like, "Oh, that's actually pretty neat." 
yeah. one of the coolest pages in comics is is um, Hades is hanging out in his world, and then Hela breaks through the door. And Hades is like, Hela, what are you doing? Get out of my earth. And she's like, bitch, I'm running away from the alien slave gods. Yeah. <laughs> alien slave gods is such a term that can only work in comic books. Where, like, the idea alone that, like, uh, the Chaos King has has killed Nightmare and he's taken over the Nightmare world. So if anyone falls asleep, they're under control. Uh, but he's also, like, gaining power by just killing all the other gods. So he just has command of the mortal realm. Was that our, Was that us or you? That was me. Okay, so the Chaos Lord uh, King has just he has control of all reality except for people who have god powers or god like uh, immunity or whatever. So it's just it's about Hercules trying to just overcome his his stupidity sometimes or just like how to be a good hero. And he's so charming. And Amadeus Cho is such a rad character. And he's like he's like he's a millennial, but he's also like like eighteen years old and like the smartest kid in the universe. So seeing him have to like fight the Chaos King by using his smarts, I like a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did too. Yeah, this book's uh, really, a lot of fun. I really like that uh, end of the first issue when they just turn back and all the Earth's heroes are just suspended yes. uh, asleep above the Earth. And it's like, oh, dang, we all messed up now. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's real good. Um, or, yeah, even I really when, like... um, or even when, like, when the Silver Surfer, or not the Silver Surfer, like, when they bring Galactus, like when Hercules is assembling his God Squad... And then Galactus is just like chilling there, and Silver Surfer is like, "What the f is?" Oh, wrong? He, he brings eternity at first, and he's just like, and, he, and eternity is like, "I can't do anything." Yeah, like, there's, I. This is great. So yeah, uh, so Hercules in the last event or the last in his miniseries, he gained all these super, all the superpowers of a god. So he's like, he's like an all father. He's like stronger than a regular god like Thor. Um, so he just whims eternity to him, and he's like. Uh, but if if a Chaos King wins, you will disappear along with everything else. Eternity. He's like, yeah. So I sure hope you win. And the smile that disappears <laughs> yeah. because he can't fight. He can't fight the Chaos King because that's that's anti-eternity. That's like mm-hmm. it's like the same thing. So he'd be fighting himself. So like all of these cosmic entities like can't help him. So it's really up to Hercules and his God Squad. And it's such an it's such an awesome team up of like Galactus and Damon Hellstrom and uh, you have Ares for a little bit, but then he gets caught up real quick. You um, get a, a Thor and Hercules together. Yeah. In in this main run, I imagine there's like spinoff stuff where yes. side stuff where he's uh, he's doing more. But I really uh, I really love the art. I love the arc. I love the intent of it. I love when we see all the higher All Father gods. Yes. Oh yeah. Uh, hiding in their realm and that moment where um zeus with the chaos king inside him tricks him into oh revealing God. their home there's that one and they're yeah. all like full 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 and there's, then they emerge there's that panel yeah exactly where it's zeus's body and then literally hundreds of people are splurting out of it like a like a cthulhu monster oh, um i love just how high concept like there's no bigger book than like secret wars because like this is like amadeus show says like 98 percent of the multiverse has been destroyed and eaten and the chaos king he is so vast that he can't even see his enemies anymore because he's consumed all of reality right and that just is such a bonkers concept that they don't they don't get to do often because you have to build up to it uh and i think this also is a really good self-contained event where it gives you all the information you need to know about hercules and amadeus cho where, like, I know you guys don't know much about either of those characters, but I think it does a good enough job of showing you where they've been and who they become that you can you could jump it right in and not be confused. This is one of the things I like about about this type of event is that I don't need to read the tie-ins. I can just read the five-issue mini. Yeah. And I, and I get the story, and the story is progressing as it should, and I don't pick up uh, issue five and have, like, 40 issues worth of stuff happen between issue four and five. 
the yeah. the only part that I felt like I needed to read was whatever was happening on Incredible Hulk or the Hulk title at the time because there's clearly some Hulk stuff going on. Yeah. And by the fifth issue, it's just there, and I'm like, I don't know what's up, but there they yeah. are. Um, uh, that's the only one where I felt that way. In the five yeah, there was years. a thing that was like there's some characters who have been cha- who have been like taken out of time that are that are now oh, just there because, because all of reality is is basically like like concaving onto itself time and space don't matter so just alternate reality versions are popping up and yeah. i'm like yeah, of course they would <laughs> why not i think this also has actually some really good stuff between hercules and zeus and i don't think you've met you needed to read any previous stuff to get the impact i agree like the stuff where um zeus is about to take out hercules and he's like do not do not weep son we have done all you could and hercules responds don't you want you do not understand father i weep for what i'm about to do to you and then he punches the shit out of his dad. That was such a that's... good. That was such a good line. And yeah, also, yeah. One, one of the things, that, or one of the people I love this book. I love Thor in this book. Yeah, Thor. Yeah, I like Thor too. Awesome. I like Thor a lot. Uh, Has yeah, Greg really... Pak ever written Thor? I don't know. Probably. I, don't know. I he writes so. a good Thor. Yeah, uh, I really like the way all of the characters are are presented. Uh, the way that all the heroes are gathered and they're just uh, transported there, and then it's like, here's some of my power, and then they're all just flying up. And it's like, yep, here we go. Like Spider Man's <laughs> like, uh, uh, like, like, freaking out. Well, like, like, right. like, yeah, yeah, we're flying. He's like, cool. Um, the, the there's a scene between Hercules uh, when he comes back to his wife for the first time, and he is super amped up on power, and he can't touch her. So it's so dramatic. I, the thing I like about Hercules is like he is like a soap opera. He talks like a soap opera, like he is a he is a, a like a, a stage actor almost, almost like a Clayface. He's very uh, bombastic, and um, he's like, I'm in control of these vast powers, but it's not safe to be near me. And his wife's like, so though so together, and he's like. We are yet apart. Yeah, yeah. And it's so dramatic, but it's like I feel that because that's the type of dude he is. He's just so bombastic. He's more bombastic than Thor, and that's not very possible. Like I think Hercules is such a fun character, and uh, just seeing a giant Hercules fight this chaos demon over the Earth while everyone watches is just oh, like so cool. That's what I read. That's what I read. Or how for. like the entire planet is kind of like squished into one because Thor's fighting in the in North Carolina. And then another, uh, I want to say, um, oh, frack, who was it? Someone shows up from um, from New York, and they're like right in front of Thor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, you said that this, this right, this artist hasn't done a whole lot. That's a shame. This, this guy's good. Yeah, the yeah. Chaos King oh, art yeah. is incredible. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, when he takes off, what he because he, what he, he looks his, like a regular dude, but he takes off like the facade. That's, the, that's like the uh, Japanese depiction of him. Yeah, and he removes it and reveals his true self. Oh yeah, when he's going through all the pantheons that we were introduced to, so like he has to fight like Amaterasu, and he's like, I tried to stop you once before, brother, and I'll do it again. I'm like, this is so cool. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed that. I like. Uh... Nope, it's gone. It's gone. Someone <laughs> else talk. <laughs> oh. I really like the pan- the attack on the Pantheon because I, I like seeing those kind of one of the things I like about Marvel is the 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 idea of like concept entities you know like Eternity and and things like that like there's the uh, the the Living Tribunal like these characters that are that we see as characters but they're really just concepts of things that can yeah. be given life and seeing the Chaos King like fight the different pantheons which are under under them but like going through these like realms where you see like the pyramids, but like it's all floaty and ethereal. I think that stuff is really cool. I really, really like uh, the implication that Gaia is the most important because she's the font of creation and that everything has kind of spilled out of earth um, because earth goes back farther than, you know, the people living on it. And Mm -hmm. that that's where everything in the multiverse has started from. I really like that. 
Uh, you guys are for the first. This is probably the first time you've ever read Cersei, the Eternal. She's super sassy, and I like I like her a lot. Uh, there's a great scene because they were part of the Avengers in the '80s, and there's a scene where Hercules is talking to Cersei, and he's like, "But more importantly, you have spent more uh, time with humans than anyone else, Cersei." And she's like, "Yeah, laughing at them mostly." And he's like, "And then defending them. We have fought together as Avengers. I know that spirit you hide behind that jaded smile." And that is such good writing. I think it's so good because, like, clearly, like, she's, like, an anti-hero. She's like, oh, I guess I'll help the humans if I have to. But, like, of course she wants to help them because she's mm -hmm. a hero at heart. Yeah. Uh, and I just think all the character introductions are so cool and so, like, they feel like like an action movie or something. Like, this, obviously, you need to get all, you need to make, like, a thousand movies before you get to this. But I feel like this could be a really cool big event movie that, like, the, it's not too hard to do now that we have, like, Endgame and stuff. Oh, yeah. I agree. Um, this made me really want to go back and read Hercules stuff that leads up to it because, like, when we get to the end, it's such a good conclusionary arc. I can tell for Hercules oh. stuff. Yeah, and uh, and you can really feel that. And I thought that was really awesome. Makes me want to go back and check it out. Uh, the the Venus is there, and she sings like pop pop culture songs to make people fall oh, in love. Yeah, she's, she was singing, um, "Get up, stand up." Yeah, stand up for your right. Uh, there's, a, there's a great scene where uh, Amadeus is looking next, is standing next to Thor, and she's like, "Listen, I know I'm under Venus's spell, but I love you, man." And Thor's yeah. like, "I love you too. We will never speak of this again." <laughs> that was uh, so great. I think this writing is really crisp and it's really, it's really like spunky. Uh, I, Fred Van Lanty is slowly. He's been writing for a long time, but like he wrote the Taskmaster miniseries, and he hasn't written a lot since then. But like he's one of my favorite like comedy writers. Like this dude has a great voice for for characters. I like him a lot. And obviously Greg Pak rules. Remember he's, Greg Pak's Superman run? Oh, of course I yeah, do. That was yeah, a great he run. saved that Action Comics run. Yeah, yeah. Um, Greg Pak is though like he he's like I believe he's he's half Asian, and he he made Amadeus Cho into the Hulk to give him a bigger a bigger exposure. Uh, and I think that's radical. And Amadeus show is cool, and it makes me want to read the Hulk stuff because I never did it. Yeah, when he was Hulk, yeah. a totally awesome Hulk run. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's it. Um, I think this is a you can very easily pick this book up and not know anything about the characters. Uh, if you have a foundation of the Marvel universe and you know basic like like mythology about God, then you will love this book. Go yeah, ahead. I think so. I think this is a lot of fun. I really enjoyed this. I'm glad. I just I just wanted to do a quick check on. Uh, on like collections of this. There's no real collection of Chaos War, but if you're interested in the Greg Pak Hercules stuff, there is a complete collection volume one out and a complete collection volume two coming out in August cool. of this year. Oh, nice. Pushing that Hercules stuff, awesome. Okay. Well, it's my turn next week. Uh, I muled over a couple of options, but I think I've, I landed on a fun one. I, I decided to go for fun. Um, Star Trek versus Transformers. Yeah! This is uh, the G1 Aww. Transformers crossing over with the Star Trek the Animated Series. Mm. Um, ser uh, cartoon series. And just for, a, just for a tease, a little bit of sizzle, the Enterprise transforms. That of course is, it does. It has to. When you cross over with Transformers, not. when you cross over with Transformers, you have to transform. You have to. I would have been mad if the Enterprise never transformed. Yeah, yeah for real. Star Trek and Transformers. All right, so that'll be that'll that'll do it then. I guess we uh, I guess we uh, we did we it. Call it quits for the night. Yeah. Um, let me pull up our let me call up the thing because I haven't memorized it in four years. If you'd like to get in touch with us, bleep a blorp blorp. Bleep a blorp blorp. Exactly. <laughs> no, no uh, you do, Brandon. We need to start talking like Animal Crossing characters. We have the, so we all right, next week we have no topic planned. We'll let you know, guys, as it gets closer, or, or just tune in for that week. And hey. Be surprised. Um, 
we uh, we got some stuff up on the feed. Otherwise, that we have some stuff up on our YouTube page. No fake nerds watch series right now. Um, we just finished up Picard. You can check out our Swamp Things, our Watchmen's, our other things. Uh, Strange Things. Strange Things. The Boys. Game of Thrones is the first one, right? The Boys. Uh, at least two episodes of The Dark Crystal. He said something. Yeah, yeah. Oh, shh, don't say its name. <laughs> we're, we're going back. <laughs> maybe, maybe soon. <laughs> and uh, Basement Arcade uh, is the series that continues to go. With Mortal Kombat Nine yeah. is the series we're doing right now. Uh, that was a lot of fun to revisit. I can't go to Ryan's house to record more Sonic Mania. It's sad. Oopsie poopsie. I don't want to so get you guys. Sick. You guys did like eighteen episodes. Think of it as a break. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So we also Funko Affiliate. You can use the promo code SHOP10 for 10% off your purchase uh, by clicking the link in the description below. Um, we are a Patreon. We have a Patreon. Thank you, Joey's on for subscribing to our Patreon. We have a TeePublic. Uh, new shirt on TeePublic, guys. Uh, check that one out. Be a lot of fun. Uh, support us in this trying times, but support yourselves first. First and foremost, support yourselves. True. Uh, and if you can spare something, support the support your favorite artists. Maybe your favorite artists are us. Um, thank you to everyone who listens. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you to Jeremy Vellucci uh, for our theme music and our interim music, uh, which you did not hear on this live stream, but you will hear on the audio cast after this. Mm-hmm. Um, up on our up on our things, um, you can find him at Jeremy Vellucci Keyboards. You can find his show Suburban Proctologist, all at uh, Facebook Facebook.com slash Suburban Proctologist Official. Instagram at Subproc Podcast. You can also find it on iTunes, obviously. Thank you to Mike Matola. We greatly appreciate your involvement and your help. Uh, hopefully, more help to come soon. You can find him at Mike Matola on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah. Uh, we are on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all at Fake Nerd Podcast. Fake Nerd Guys at gmail.com if you'd like to get in touch with us personally. I'm at Bleep a Loop a Lorp. That's not true. <laughs> um, I'm at BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, ben, where are you? You can find me on the internet at BenMagnet27 on Instagram and Twitter. You can also find me writing for OldSchoolGamerMagazine.com. Newest article just went up today. And also my um, guest appearance with Inga Draper on Adults Talking Anime Plus went up last Friday. So that episode is up and ready to listen to. You can hear me talk about anime and stuff. Your uh, article is in the description below. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sparkles? You can find me wearing the same sweats day in, day out from Monday to Saturday uh, at Sparks Witty on Instagram and Twitter, S-P-A-R-K-Z Witty. Ryan? Uh, you can find me not, nope, I was going to say something gross, but you know what, you can just find me at DJ Tony Snark everywhere. It's going to involve his sweatpants. Um, oh. i me a lot on my Twitch channel, which is also my YouTube channel because you can connect them very easily. So just look up a DJ Tony Snark. I'm streaming a lot of X-Men stuff. Uh, it's probably what I'm going to be streaming for the next like, month because there's a lot of games. All right. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Rate and review wherever you get us. We greatly appreciate it. Until next week, guys. And stay Nobody fixed. Nobody dies until they do. Tomorrow never dies. Dying every day. Die another day. A lot of people are dying for the first time. Stay That's fake, nerds. Damn it, it's two buttons.